Hi everyone, welcome back to Unpopular Opinion. Um, I just, if you tuned in in the last episode, I want to thank you guys for doing that. If you're new to it, hey, welcome to this uh, Unpopular Opinion podcast where we discuss unpopular opinions and give our takes on it. Uh, my name is Myra Marmolejo, um, and I'm here with Alan Perez and Lindsay Trujillo. What's um, up? Hey, yeah. How are you guys doing today? We're doing good, you know. It's Monday. Yeah. Are you guys excited o- about uh, this week's podcast I am. topic? Yeah. Got a lot of stuff to talk about. Yeah. This it's is a topic I chose, so, you know. It's you're a pretty passionate important about topic. it? Yeah, I am, you know. There's a lot of controversy out there with the topic, so. I think it's a big thing to talk about, bring up there. Okay, this week's topic, you guys, is, um, it is a little controversial, how Lindsay said. So for this week's topic, we decided to do something that had to do with freedom of speech. Uh, More specifically, um, how people feel like they could post whatever they want on social media platforms and, you know, basically say, hey, it's my rights, freedom of speech, um, and they take issue with, you know, perhaps anything like being taken down. So, yeah, we just thought it was like a good um, way to like bring up, you know, freedom of speech. And especially since freedom of speech is, you know, the whole gist of it or most of it is like it's supposed to protect unpopular opinions, you know, yeah. tying it into the name of the podcast, Unpopular Opinion, you know, so. Here we go. So, <laughs> first of all, stop looking at me. <laughs> I won't. Okay. First, let's just start off with uh, giving our opinions on unpopular or our opinion on the unpopular opinion of like what you think on in regards to posting whatever you want on social media, how people feel entitled. I personally think a lot of it has to do with people not reading the agreements and the fine prints like it's just like the day and age that we live in and I don't think they get that it's like a private like company platform or whatever that they're agreeing to like people just hit agree and then don't even look at the fine print or anything you know yeah I don't don't, don't really see how you can confuse like social media or anything on like a private website or whatever with like the protection of freedoms that I mean like a the protection of like freedom of speech that you get with like the government, like the government protects you from like getting arrested for saying whatever you like, you can't get arrested for saying like, you know, random stuff right in the real world. But like on Twitter, they have their own like, you know, guidelines and stuff. So if you, yeah, if you it's harass like a separate someone, entity of itself. Like, yeah. I mean, if you post something, they can take it down. Yeah. They have like every right it, to. Yeah. It gets <clears> taken down if it's seen as like offensive to like certain people, but there's still a lot of like, content out there that gets i don't know that gets past all that you know mm. because there's like certain terms and agreements they're like oh it doesn't fill that but i don't see, know okay yeah i but see to alan's um point how you were like i just don't see how people can confuse it when freedom of speech is like more like protected towards like the government can't like you know do that or whatever mm. um i think it's just people lack the education and they don't know like the first amendment like truly know it you know they just think first amendment in general right bam you know and don't really have a full understanding of what it is yeah i think like where this really came up i think has been in like the past like what 
when did Trump get elected? Like three years ago. Yeah. When for the past like <laughs> he, looks at, he looked at his watch um, almost, mm. <laughs> almost like Got four that years calendar ago. On there. Yeah, I do. I have it. It's a nice watch. Um, no, so like in the past like four years, people have really confused, like, or I, and I think like have really br- blurred the lines between what counts as being able to like express an opinion and freedom of speech versus like, well, like certain entities, certain organizations don't owe you a platform, you know? Right. And we talked about this um, and, and, you know, cause we, we have a freedom of speech class that we're taking right now mm-hmm. this semester. Yeah. Highly encourage you guys to take <laughs> it if you can. Dr. Horvath. Yeah. Really uh, interesting. Yeah. And, and when, one of the things that we discuss in that class is how like the school can't like say that like only certain type of speech is allowed. Right. Like if somebody wants to go out in the quad and say a bunch of like, like a bunch of Nazi shit. I mean, they can do that, but like the school doesn't have to provide anything special for them. Like the school doesn't have to give them uh, like a soapbox, like a stage to do it in. The school doesn't have to give them like an amplifier or like a a microphone to be able to say that, that shit. Like it just means that the school can't pick and choose what stuff that they can allow and what they can't allow. That's as far as like the government right. stepping in and stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah, they don't they have can't to, discriminate. But like they what? can't discriminate because like how that thing happened here on campus, all the white supremacist stuff was happening. Like they took that stuff down because it wasn't approved by President John. Like they didn't take it down because it was offensive to a certain group of people, you know? Mm, yeah. Like they weren't looking into that, so they don't really. When am I? No, it's, it was just like going against the terms and agreements of the school. Like, it wasn't going against. Like, if it wasn't on a school, I feel like there would have been different consequences. Yeah, There would have been different consequences if that was off campus. But, like, in terms of social media-wise, like, people just drop a whole bunch of things and, like, say whatever they want. And that just, I don't know. Yeah. They have the platform, so they feel like they have the right to post it, which I don't think is okay. Yeah. To go back to what Alan was saying, you know, given, you know, within the last three years, you said it's, like, really changed more i think that's true and i think it's like certain people i mean whatever i'm just gonna say you know trump (laughs) basically you know like trump was like he i think he like kind of like almost encouraged it because he does you know tweet out some stuff and it's like okay that's a little like hateful and like discriminatory Mm. you know but i think so like Maybe people see that and they're like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, but hey, there's different know? agreements. Like, it's like okay, he's yeah. a public figure, so he has the right, in a way, he has certain protections to say that, but it's not okay to say that. It's but people that. see that and like they're like, oh, yeah. yeah, we could do that too because he's doing it, but yeah, you but really can't. Yeah, because he shouldn't lack, even be, you yeah. know. Yeah. And I mean, it goes both ways. Like, so Trump can, the reason that Twitter doesn't like ban Trump, for example, is because their justification for not banning him for saying a bunch of hateful stuff is that because he's a public figure and he's important and it's important that he, you know, can communicate to people because he's the president of the United States. Yeah. He is like, you know, an, an important person that needs to be able to talk to people regardless of what he's saying. But it goes both ways. So, because yeah. like they, right. what the Supreme Court, I think it was the Supreme Court, I forget, or it was it like a f- district court or whatever, ruled that Trump can't ban people on Twitter. Like, you can't, well, I mean, you can't block them. But you know how on Twitter oh, yeah, you can block Chrissy people. Chrissy Teigen is still blocked. Yeah. FYI. Yeah. Well, he, I mean, technically that's illegal. He can't do that because that would be silencing. The he's a public official. He's yeah. allowed. He needs to be 
hearing everybody's opinion. Exactly. He needs to be criticized. Like without that, yeah. Without that, that goes against like our rights. So I mean, like without that, there's sort of dictatorship. Like, that's you, don't you know, be that's the whole point of like the First Amendment. You know, yeah. So but without that criticization, how? like that's like that, and also Twitter just like banned all their political ads. So right, like they can't have that opinion out there. So I feel like that's kind of restricting a, in a way right. of freedom of speech. But do you see but the difference? Like, okay, Twitter says that like. They're not going to ban him because, you know, he's an important person. But that's their justification for it. And then the government on this other side is like, okay, so Trump can't ban and can't block anybody on his Twitter like account because that would be silencing like the voice of, of regular citizens. Right. So it's like, again, I, I don't think even like Trump knows <laughs> the difference between like having like freedom of expression or freedom of speech versus like being able to do. Probably not. It's yeah, more yeah. of him on his hand. It's more of like he's got the privilege to do so. So yeah, he does like do he's so, just like entitled. Know? If there's yeah, a great I'm example, the president. yeah, exactly. If there's a great example of someone who doesn't understand like the nuances of the First Amendment, it's probably that would be Trump. him. <laughs> but I mean, at the same time, like the time we're living in is like of the social media age. So I mean, he's using it too in a way he thinks it's his advantage. But well, so let me you ask know. you this: Do you guys think that social media, because everyone is using it, like belongs to everyone, or is it just like something that? Because, you know, I mean, again, think about it. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, those are made by companies. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's, not, some, it's not like a public library or mm -hmm. like a park or whatever that was made for, for everyone to be able to use. It's they're, they're private companies, and they can yeah. take that away at any time. So it's like, do you guys yeah. feel like because everyone uses that, that stuff now, like people should just, like, all of a sudden, like, free speech stuff should just, just, just like, kick in or, or whatever? Or, or what do you think? I don't know. I have. Um, a, I don't know how. I as in that. terms of free speech kicking in, as in like just being able to like say whatever they want and have no restrictions. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So it's basically like okay, so this thing that everyone uses now, all of a sudden, it, it used it was this private thing, and now that everyone is using it, now all of a sudden it becomes this public thing, and people should be allowed to say whatever they want because of that, because there's so much people, so many people on it. I mean, they could, but I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just like a matter of time before some some kind of like social media platform comes out and doesn't really have like those like terms of and agreements of like. I mean, some have tried. You know, like some have tried. But just lets whatever ha content happen happen. Yeah, because like, like, I don't know. I feel like with the social media content. platforms, like there there's already like so many issues with like bullying and like all this like harassment and stuff. And if you allow that, then that's just gonna be like that's just gonna exacerbate the like problems you know what I'm saying like it's gonna make it worse yeah so there has to be some kind of I don't want to say limit but you know some some kind of like guidelines right and I mean some websites have tried that before <laughs> so like there's this you, have, you guys ever heard of like Chan boards what Chan boards are you talking no. about that website where like people rate people yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, do you oh okay Oh, so we have a, sp a special, special guest, guest now. Yeah. His name is Christian. Christian, introduce yourself. Hello, my name is Christian. I work at KCSS as an audio engineer. I'm also a comm major, um, fourth year, but with junior standing. Um, but yeah. Yeah, he just wanted to join yeah. your freedom of speech. Yeah. What, yeah. Have, what have you got to lay on us, Christian? Um, so about like social media going public, um, private company, um, I don't feel like it should be, oh, I don't feel like it should be a um, public util a utility because it's 
it's from a corporation and their main objective is profit. Um, right. Now what they right. did with the political ads was pretty smart. You know, you have to get rid of that because they were lying a lot. Um, but one of the issues with social media that people like they don't really see is that you know it's corporations they're allowed to you know ban people if they're you know breaching that hateful speech or threatening other people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what I want to give out. Yeah. No. Well, thank you, Christian. I mean, so like, I noticed that when I said Chan boards, you kind of like you wanted to jump in. Do you know what? Oh Chan, yeah, Chan boards yeah. Are? Let me in. Tag me in. Four Chan, Yeah, yeah. Um, so a lot. There's a lot of disgusting stuff. Um, yeah. On there. So the reason I bring those up is because those are websites that have taken kind of like a l- fucking free for all style. Like, like, so they don't really have guidelines. Anything goes. Yeah, anything goes on those websites. Oh, but shit. but the downside to yep. those websites is that like you see a That's lot cool. of like really horrible shit on there like you Yikes. see a lot of racist shit on there yeah you see a lot of like grotesque like people will post pictures of people like of dead bodies and stuff like uh, that on oh. some some of the times yeah it's the like boards um are the wild west because can you just google it uh yeah, yeah you, you can, can you can look up on uh, like you can find any messaging board mm-hmm. um on the internet and they really don't have any guidelines except for Reddit and a few other yeah. um, posting boards. It's just that 4chan, 8chan is one of the most vile place that you can find um, on yeah. the internet. Well, that's just like barely scratching the surface on the internet. Right. Um, and so like websites like Reddit and Twitter and Instagram, bigger social media websites, yeah. they, they have guidelines because they kind of do care about their image. You know, it's not... <laughs> As a company, they they can't be profitable if like they're right. just letting people do whatever they want on the website. Yeah. So that's why they have guidelines. That's, that's why they have. That's yeah. why they ban people if they say like really awful stuff or post awful stuff. But on these other like you know four chan eight chan boards or any type of message board that isn't really regulated, I mean you see people just posting like all this <laughs> awful like, yeah. crazy like, shit. Crazy but I mean, stuff. there's like also like the lives. Like you have Instagram Live and the Facebook Live, and what happened when they like filmed that shooting. Yeah. One of the lives. Oh, yeah. it was the New Zealand one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they were just killing um, innocent human beings inside the mosque. I yeah. Believe it was a mosque. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. a mosque in New Zealand. <laughs> Which, by the way, he uploaded so that people from 8chan could watch that and like cheer him on and give him praise for. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, I mean, in terms of like, you know, like free speech and, and stuff on the internet, it doesn't really apply because the internet, like, is, is this kind of like the still this wild west place yeah um where like nobody the governments can't regulate it we learned about that in class like yeah, the, the government a, can't step in and be like oh well you can't say this on the internet or, or whatever yeah so i mean as far as the internet goes as far as social media that's like a whole different thing yeah but we're talking about like in real life like yeah freedom of speech you know what i mean mm-hmm. when we're here in this regular meat meat space area yeah But yeah, just to go back to what you said, like it does make sense how like bigger social media platforms would have, you know, some regulations and guidelines because they are in the business of making money. Like what that would look horrible on them if like they just let any shit like get posted, like a little kid could like see that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's just like. But they do like warn you in the terms and agreements and stuff. I mean, they do yeah, warn that's you. That's the thing. No one reads no, them, no though. Reads. <laughs> <laughs> When's the last time you sat through and you scrolled through all of that shit, like Lindsay? 80 pages. Nah, I, I tried. <laughs> I, I honestly do believe that 
she gets there, to the there first should be she's like, like oh. a new kind of way they make their terms and agreement to where it's the common people can easily read it it's yeah. just this difficulty of legal terms and stuff like that that like really protects them yeah. but at the end of the day it's hard for consumers to you know read a 80 block wall yeah. of text it's yeah. just like oh if your account happens to get hacked or if someone from your neighbor happened to get on you know we're not liable to that kind of damage or you know if something weird happens to our site and our data gets leaked out he's actually read them well i didn't read them but on he's like, general ideas you know but like everyone. yeah but general ideas yeah. yeah they're yeah. in there um i have read like uh, at max at least five pages and then i'm like okay i just want to play the game or i just want to make my account more than I have. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've got time yeah I, I i do um but yeah um one of the issues that i find when people say like oh um i shouldn't have gotten banned or stuff like that like yeah. separating um government free speech and corporate free speech is two different two, things yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's two it's like yeah. things. it's it's earth and space difference that's how much a difference they are like i don't know i still feel like corporate free speech is still like it still matters you know it's still a type yeah. of thing because like youtube you got the logan paul thing like yeah. where he posted that like dead body in the suicide forest and then after that and then there was a whole controversy oh, yeah. with that so yeah. he doesn't feel like he should have gotten banned but I'm yeah sure a lot of people should have yeah. <laughs> yeah. but but then again it goes to play your celebrity you make tons of money and especially with like if like pewdiepie he will never get off of youtube yeah. you know if he messes up like yeah in the past he messed up a lot of times um, messed up today. I'm, <laughs> you did? Yeah. I'm surprised. Um, Logan Paul, he won't get um, banned because yeah, he, he's he back on yeah it. he rakes uh, he rakes in a lot of money for YouTube, and that's one yeah. of the issues is that money yeah. does play a role when it comes to speech. That's um, true. It's sad, but yeah, yeah, especially with like private entities. Again, like Facebook, that's yeah. a private company. Yeah, and one of the issues with Facebook that they're having, you know, they're having a lot of congressional hearing, um, Mike. Mark Zuckerberg, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. he's been going through getting his butt whipped by uh, AOC, yeah. Um, yeah, especially yeah. because you know, I saw those. yeah, Facebook has been doing a lot of um, conservative meetings and stuff like that, yeah. and allowing um, fake propaganda to be spread on political ads. Shady stuff. Um, yeah. yeah, in which that's something that needs to be talked about a lot, how uh, political ads play a huge role in our democracy. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I think, sure. well, now that you mentioned that, we can transition to this other thing. Like, so a lot of conservatives feel like they're being, like, targeted online, right? <laughs> I think I remember when Horvath said that. Yeah, that everything's and going against them, all these, yeah. like, sites and everything. Like, like again, they're mostly liberal news, so then, like, they're just getting attacked. Yeah, so there's, yeah. This, there's this perception that, like, they're being, like, conservatives online and even in the news, I guess, are being censored, that their views aren't being heard. Um, you know, like there's this concentrated effort to silence conservative voices. Trump even feels that way. Well, well, not made a we, 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 we gotta, we gotta <laughs> think about it. What conservatives are we talking about? There are hardcore, right? Yeah. 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 I like, I, yeah, <laughs> they're conservative nowadays has changed, especially the Democrat the left liberal has changed the definition of it, mm-hmm. but conservative have, I mean, it's hard to tell 
you know, the difference between conservative, you know, 30 years ago and now. Right. I mean, yeah, more yeah, more, yeah they're more extreme. And the reason why they're not really getting their views heard is because they spew a lot of hate, hate speech yeah. and like yeah. ignorant S H I T stuff. Like, yeah. Oh, a lot of um, egregious shit. It's like you do not like. <laughs> The shit they say is like some extremist shit. You yeah, know what I'm yeah, saying? Like yeah, there's really. no It's like there's it's a, a completely different from like a traditional yeah. Republican, you know, or like, like it's, it's like it starts like there's right here. side, but then there's like yeah, boom, you're winning. Yeah, yeah. There, there's there your traditional yeah, there's conservative mm. and then there's like there's conservative conservative mm. to there's the extreme. Right, mm. And then there's just the white nationalists yeah. off, off the back board. there. <laughs> yeah. And that's one of the issues because one of the person who's piling it um, recently got exposed by um, Milo Monopolis or whatever. Yeah, how you pronounce yeah. yeah. I always forget yeah, how to spell it. Yeah. You know. But um, he's one of the guys that got milkshake. No, not milkshake, but he got punched. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw You, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. He's the Richard one that got Spencer. punched. Yeah, Richard Spencer. And like how he was exploding, you know, during, um, this was like Charlottesville. Um, this is the yeah. day after what happened in Charlottesville. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And how yeah. He, he was raging in the video or in the, in the recording, how like, oh, they want to silence us. They don't want us to talk. They were super they, angry. Yeah. <laughs> these effing blah, blah, blahs. Like he went on a racial tirade. Yeah. And it, it's just, they live in the. They live in this echo chamber that they they yeah. they're really blinded and can't see that. Yeah. it's like excuse you, like you you feel like people are trying to silence you. How about you talk to like all the freaking minorities you guys yeah. have silenced in yep. the past? Yeah. Like what yep. the fuck? Yeah. And I feel like it's come out more like since it's like gun control type of arguments out here. Like not saying like trying to stereotype people, but <laughs> a lot of like the conservatives, you know, because like the majority of them are always for like not putting gun restrictions you know yeah. yeah like that's their type of like yeah you know? You know what, i feel like that's more of a money thing like um it, <laughs> it it's it's ideology and culture honestly but money does play a huge factor yeah, don't like, get me wrong they're like a huge like they donate like a lot to like the republican party nra yeah. Oh, but they're so, they're in legal mm. trouble, actually. Yeah, they are. Yeah. I think the Supreme Court said, like recently, the victims of a shooting that whose name I can't remember said that the families can go ahead with their lawsuit against yeah, the. Yeah, heard that too. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um. So that's gonna be interesting to see. I mean, but I mean, tr- taking it back in terms of like so freedom of speech. I mean, so how? Like, my, I mean, Meyer, do you want to keep talking about freedom of speech? Oh, in terms of social media. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um. Freedom of speech in terms of social media or in anything. regards to like the political climate, like let's just go there. Okay, that's some crazy shit right there. Oof. Like, yeah, you'll have, especially like the president, like he will like post some crazy, crazy ass shit. Like, yeah, it's like, mm, I mean, it's, I don't want to say wild. Yeah, yeah I don't want to say like, yeah. oh, is somebody like checking it because i feel like at this point they just let him do whatever the hell he wants they and they're like it's do. part of he it's part of him person. you know he probably fired the person yeah. who checks it it's <laughs> it's part of who he is like that's why people love him the people that do love him you know so yeah. but yeah, what do you guys think it, like in terms of like how he uses social media i, I mean so 
what I wanted to kind of get to the point of it was like, so we're talking about freedom of speech, right? And what the limits of what people can and can't do or say, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have all these like, uh, so we'll talk about the stuff that happened on like here at school where like before Nathan, what's the guy who, who used to be part Domingo, of like a, a, Nathan a, Domingo, 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 huh, whatever his name is. He used to be part of the, this white supremacist group called, uh, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Is that how you pronounce <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, Nathan Domingo. Nathan oh, Domingo. Domingo. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, he was part of this white supremacist group called Identity Europa and they would like go around campus, especially like in the aftermath of Trump's election all and post this shit all over campus. Yeah, I've seen. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, this semester there was like last semester there was like one, but it hasn't been as big as you know when he was here and he graduated since then. And it's like, okay, so what do we do in response to that? You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. they can obviously they can post whatever they want. Yeah, it's. I think in response to that, like, as people, like we have like, it's almost like our duty to respond to it and be like, okay, so if you're gonna post this hateful shit, like I'm gonna stand up for it and I'm gonna like counteract whatever you're just doing, you know? Yeah. Kind of like let them, you know, see that, you know, you're not going to let them get away with it. Like, yeah, that's your opinion, but hey, like this is mine right here too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. One thing, like, as a black man, like I faced the racism growing up, you know, I've been on the burning end, you know, receiving it, horrible shit. Um, But at the end of the day, I just laugh at them. Um, it's just egregious shit they're saying, and they make themselves look bad. You know? Yeah, they're yeah. hating. They're hating on someone for no reason, you know. But they do have a reason. But I find it trivial. Um, but when it comes to free speech, as long as they're not hurting anyone, which they still are with their yeah. I- ideology, yeah. but yeah. you know, as long as they're not hurting anyone, I'm totally fine. Um, but so you're like okay with it. You're like it's yeah, I mean, like yeah. It. It's just. If it because it's hate speech, it, it depends on how far they start, you know, spewing a lot of hate. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. when, like, if they're trying to like incite violence, yeah, yeah that's, that's when it should be get shut on down. Another level, um, yeah, because like you have like the religious preachers and like you know the ones like are heck intense. They're like yeah. they're going to hell, all this and that. But like, yeah. I mean, that can be considered hate speech to somebody who's from the other side of that yeah. religion, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it, they're everywhere. It's really intense, but. I mean, as long as you just ignore it, like... Yeah, yeah. it is it's tricky. It, then again, it's just like with Charlesville, if it gets violent, yeah. It yeah. Sh- you know, shut that down. Yeah. Um, especially when they're saying the Jews will not replace us. Like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, that's dangerous talk. They're, they make themselves look crazy. You know, let yeah. them display themselves. We can talk about these kind of things and spread the news. Like, hey... These kind of um, ideas are really dangerous because one thing that I believe a lot of Americans are waking up to is that we're kind of going through a revolution or a phase to where um, I'm not equivalent it to um, Germany, but we're kind of having a rise of the alt-right and the fascism here in America. And that's something that we fought out in Germany. Yeah, you know, Mm -hmm. we decided that one. Yeah, Yeah. and it just it, it. it baffled me, but then again, it doesn't really because fascism in um it's always there. Yeah, it's always yeah. there. It it resides within the conservative party, you know, if they go way too right, you know, yeah. their ideas, which yeah. you know, there currently are. And so the only way we can combat them is one, try not to restrict their um, freedom of speech too much. Only do it when they get really violent, 
yeah. stuff like that, you know, hate speech and stuff like that. Um, but we should be able to talk to each other. Yeah, everyone has the right to a peaceful yeah. protest, but just yeah. keyword peaceful. Yeah, peaceful. peaceful. That's that's you one know? that's exactly. one thing they fail at. You know, yeah. peaceful protest. Peaceful protest. Yeah. I th- Sorry. Well, I was gonna say th- going back to like the whole Charlottesville thing. Like, there was those counter protesters there that were like letting it be known, like, hey, we're here too. Like, our presence is here, and I think that is like they like certain people know like hey this is it's almost like it's your duty you know yeah to yeah. like do that you know yeah. i think that's what people need to like realize like in order to combat that kind of like hateful speech then you need to kind of do your part too yeah yeah that, that was the um what is it called the um when the rise of fascism started there was the anti on uh, the anti-fascist um party that also rose in yeah. power yeah, yeah that's countering fascism or the rise of hate speech um you know we all gotta um rise up against this kind of um disgusting stuff yeah because i think what i really hate when it comes to like you know stuff with like nazis and letting giving them a voice and stuff or giving them a platform it sucks but it's (laughs) it sucks and i don't like it but I mean, I also don't want to be like, oh, well, let's just have a debate about this. Like, let's have a debate with like a not let's invite a Nazi to the campus. Let's like let's invite Richard Spencer to the campus and let's have a debate. That with would him. derail. And I'm like, <laughs> that would that's literally a that wouldn't work. Yeah. You're not going to convince yeah. anybody of anything. And B, it just seems like you're like that's just going to hurt a lot of people in the long run by even inviting him here. So instead a debate of debate is not going to work when somebody is. Yeah. If someone's not one has that. <laughs> You saying something to that person is not going to make them change their if mind. If they're that hateful, like, they're set act, in their gotta, ways, you know? Are they acting as good actors? Exactly. Are, are they yeah. acting in good, good faith? faith. Because yeah. at the end of the day, they are not. They are just grifters or actual fascist nutcases. Exactly. And that can be one of the lining issues that we don't know because we don't know them personally. Um, because, with, for example, Kansas Owen. Mm. I'm not sure if you know her. I do know her. But she is the biggest African-American grifter to uh, a lie right now. Mm. She she has faced racism, but she denies it every time it's brought up. Yeah. Um, she puts black people under the bus um, when it's convenient and say, like, black people should vote right. You know, yeah, Trump yeah. is good for black people, even though he's literally not. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's just a lot of... The one, the core issues that I, to me, is that there's a lot of grifters and there's a lot of bad faith actor actors in the political realm when it comes to conservatism, yeah. and that's one thing that they, well, I want to say that they should weed out because you know Shepard Smith and one other guy on Fox News, they're I like those kind of conservatives where well, you know they still do a lot of like fake news stuff, but at least when it when the time comes to be like actual good faith they know how to be in good faith when it comes to like telling the news and stuff like that but like seems like they have a conscience yeah they they do they do um especially when it comes to this impeachment hearing they've been doing a great job counteracting some of these um chumpers and stuff like that saying this is the real facts this is what happened between the ukraine and president trump Mm. you know when the time comes they can act in good faith but when it comes to um the conservative um politicians as well as commentators on newscasts majority not all of them 
act in bad faith um, in our grifters. And so that's one thing that's affecting one of our free speech is that you know they're allowed to do all these lies. So if, if you're able to you know hold a conversation um, and debunk all these lies in front of the American people yeah. through podcasts, through news and stuff like that, mm-hmm. that can really help just kind of mess that was created yeah yeah so um for this podcast alan actually did some research uh regarding the topic so i'm going to hand it over to him and uh he's going to fill you in with whatever he found uh found um doing his research Thank you, uh, Myra. So I, I was doing research for the for the podcast this week, and what I found this is from the from the Pew Research Center. Uh, this was published on October 12, twenty sixteen, uh, by Richard Wyke. And what it shows is that uh, Americans are more tolerant of offensive speech uh, than others in the world. And uh, what they found was that Americans are especially supportive of free speech, uh, freedom uh, for, like freedom of press. And uh, internet freedom. So, like, what they when they say like, like in the U, they measured people in the U.S., Latin America, Europe, uh, Asia, and the Pacific, uh, Africa, and the Middle East. They found that like Americans, like by and large, supported like freedom of speech and, and all of the things that comes with the First Amendment, like by like by a wide margin. Um, like, the only thing that like that people should be able to use the internet and things like that. So I, I found that pretty you know pretty interesting. Like a lot of Americans like support just speech in general, whether it's good, whether people are saying are, are saying good things or bad I, things, they're way yeah. more tolerant. Americans are way, way more tolerant of like uh, offensive speech. They, they feel like people should be allowed to say it, even right. if it's not what something it's not yeah. what people would want yeah. to hear. I mean, it kind of plays like, I feel like you have to have like that little like devil's advocate, even in life. You know, yeah. like yeah. they say, like you have to have, like it's good to have a devil's advocate in like a group, like a work group or something. But like, I feel like even in life, like that's good to have, you know, because like you have to have someone criticizing it because like if you have this other side that's like negative or whatever, like saying something, then like without that, there might not be like the positive side coming out, you know, because people might not be like, they might just be shy to say something, you know, so like the other side will come out and say something. Yeah. So I don't know. So actually, behind the U.S., uh, Poland was like the second com- like country. Poland, interesting. Uh, like that was the biggest like advocator for free speech or What's free their expression. Um, I don't know actually. <laughs> their government. I, I mean, I could see the U.S. Just aren't they because, a you know, Nordic country? Nordic. Are they? I believe so. Yeah. If that's the case, then I believe they have parliamentary. Um, they probably do have parliamentary. Yeah. Government. Yeah, um, and I know that like when it comes to democracy they rank a lot higher than us just from the class i'm taking yeah but there's like a dem- uh, democratic index um a lot of the nordic countries rank a lot higher when it comes to um, democracy and freedom yeah interesting so behind them is spain which is kind of weird because like right now spain is like i think spain like even though their like prime minister is left like a lot of the far right gained power in spain just recently so that'll be interesting to see how that yeah. how that develops. Oh, the, um, the generals, yeah. 
Never mind. I was thinking of Bolivia. Is that in Spain? No, no, uh, no, that's, no. That's that's different. Uh, okay. Central no. America. <laughs> I don't know my. I don't know Central America. Nations. Yeah, I think so. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I believe okay. it's Central America. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and right behind Spain was Mexico, and I mean I can keep naming. There's like a big list, but I'll mm. I'll start from the very. <laughs> I'll start from. <laughs> I thought Canada would be next. I, I was gonna say Canada. you got me on Mexico. Canada's okay. actually like like sixth actually. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh okay. Okay, so I'm I'm gonna go backwards. I'm gonna name like the top, like the five countries that have like the least, like kid that care about it the least. Okay, hit us with our nose in K. Okay, so actually no, the f- the one for here <laughs> is China, Senegal, Senegal, Senegal. Okay. Where's that at? Give I have no idea. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's look it up. We have phones. Hold on. Senegal. Uh, so you're saying Senegal. from the worst? Yes, the yeah. ones I'm, uh, worst. As an anti-free speech. It's a country in West Africa. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. I can see yeah, that. I can see it too. Jordan is the yes. Jordan is in Africa too. I could see that. Uh, yep. Uh, Pakistan. Yep. Yes. I can see it. <laughs> I could see it. Ukraine. Okay. Yeah. 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 Especially and with everything that's going on right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think they included North Korea in this. That's why I think that's why it's not like even yeah, they don't consider that's it to super be super weird. Yeah. Weird. Like that should be number one. I was gonna yeah. say like they live under a dictatorship. Yeah. But I think they probably didn't include it because that's probably a given. You know yeah, I mean, sure. I mean if it was dict- dictatorship, like, there hey, been this a is the worst. Lot. North yeah. Korea was the one that made it. That's but why yeah. it's not. I on mean, there. since it's under like, like what are you talking about? all the nations that you s- just stated, they're under democracy. I believe so. I mean, yeah, they say it, they're countries that say that they're a democracy. Yeah, but it's like in uh, reality. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in reality, it's not. Yeah, and then like I mean, there's more countries here, but like, yeah, so like. Those are the countries that appreciate it the most, U.S., Poland, Spain, Mexico, and then the least, which is Senegal, Jordan, Pakistan, Ukraine. Uh, I mean, yeah, so that's what I found with my research. Like, Americans in general are really, really big on on freedom of expression, which, I mean, like you said, Myra, makes sense. Um, There's a big, big big-ass history of freedom of expression in the First Amendment and stuff like that. Like, I, I don't think you can think of America without, like, yeah, freedom of speech. I, think I feel yeah. like that's, like... If you were to ask anyone, like, hey, like, tell me, like, like an amendment, like, people would be like, freedom of speech. Like, yeah, that'd be, like, the yeah. first one that comes to mind, you know? <laughs> like, maybe the second. That, and then, like, oh, the right to bear arms. Like, sure. Well, okay, we know one, who's going to say that. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But the first one that people go to is always, like, like the freedom of, of expression or freedom of speech. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, it makes sense, like. We value that slightly more yeah. than guns. <laughs> yeah. And it's probably just because, like, it's something that, like, like we've been kind of, like, taught, like, throughout school, you know, like, our schooling. Like, it's like, hey, you know, like. It's America. Yeah. This like, is free. The, we're, the, we're the land of the free. Yeah. But how like, free the whole are you? Point, like, that's you, true. Yeah, yeah that's Without true. Yeah. To, to its limits. Like, I mean, yeah. it, it's, it's funny that we're called land of the free, but a lot of us, I'm pretty sure a lot of us hold debt. Yeah. So, yeah. like, how are we free if we have this burden of debt? The fact that we can't have yeah. good access to health care, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. how how truly free are we? Exactly. Yeah. You know? <laughs> you know, it, we can, there can be a whole different discussion. But, <laughs> that's another you, podcast. Yeah. That's a great discussion. <laughs> yeah. Have, it's I just a it. lot. Yeah. A lot of people <laughs> think that we're free, but that's yeah. the spin off of this yeah. podcast. <laughs> but, um, yeah, with free speech. Um, yeah. But, US, it's, it's still. We're still number one in that respect. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Wait, hold on. So in regards of that, like, 
okay, yeah, like, we don't really, like, regulate the internet or anything, but, um, like, what's your guys's thoughts on, like, North Korea? You know, like, they pretty much, like, censor everything. And, like, like China. they control everything yeah. that's, like, on... Well, right now, like, Hong, like Hong Kong, Hong Kong, that's, yeah. that's like that. It, they're still deep in, in, in like a, oh, a revolt yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. So like, I think people are, uh, especially in like China, have had enough. Like, they really don't want like like China, like the mainland China, to yeah. take control of Hong Kong for that reason. You know. Yeah. Not yeah. being able to express uh, freedom of expression, not facing repression from the government. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's sad, because I feel like there's, like, both, like, there's people who just, like, disacknowledge it, like, because the government's feeding them their news, like, yeah, they don't obviously. have access to everything, you know, like, yep. entertainment news, they don't have that, you know, yeah. so the government's forcing it, and some people just, like, all right, they accept it, you know, <laughs> that's that's how they live, but then there's some people who are just, like, we need to fight against this, you know, which just, is yeah. Just so you yeah. know how bad it is, the um, president of China, like, blocked and will, like, I'm not sure if he'll kill anyone, but whenever someone like resembles him or like makes a like a meme about him, yeah, Winnie the Pooh, uh, yeah, Winnie <laughs> the Pooh, like that is censored. Yeah, just Winnie the he most. Hates being yeah, he, to yeah, Winnie the Pooh. who the, hates Winnie the Pooh? The president yeah, of China or prime minister, leader. whatever he is. Yeah, I think the prime minister, <laughs> whatever the leader of China, the current head of that's government. That's yeah, that's that's, that's how bad. Like, imagine that we did that to Trump. I mean, yeah. like, well, imagine have Trump had the power to like tell us not to like make caricatures of it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, no because memes. yeah, I mean, one one of the um <laughs> what am Trump, I do Trump the supporter memes? either yesterday or over the weekend, mm-hmm. um, he was arrested for um, stabbing Trump balloon. Yeah, Trump supporter. Mm-hmm. You know, he was. I mean, it was organization. Uh, I forgot who it was, but they had like backups of Trump babies balloons, basically. Why do you stab a Trump balloon if he supports just, Trump? Just anywhere. No, because it was it's mocking him, and okay. so yeah, yeah, one of the Trump supporters like he's like, oh, I hated that. You know, I don't. I, b- I believe it's protected under free speech, but again, you're free speech ass- life. Yeah, you're unless <laughs> I feel like unless Donald Trump feels threatened by it, then yeah, I mean, you know. but the police arrested him, well, apparated him, you no, know, because that's destruction of Could someone's be? property. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I think Americans really do like free speech, whether they disagree on how that free speech should be inter- or that free expression should be given or interpreted or handled. I think that if there's one thing that unites Americans, at least in, in one small respect is that we, we, all of us value just the freedom of expression. Because try to imagine, like, if you couldn't express yourself, even if it was just something as simple as posting on, like, Twitter or, or writing about what you want to write about yeah. without, like, getting worried that some, like, morality police is going to come yeah. in. Yeah, you know, be pretty Which boring. is what they have in, like, like, Saudi Arabia and stuff. Like, they'll yeah. have, like, religious police it's and crazy. stuff. Like, yeah. That's, like, like, that shit is scary. Yeah. Or not being able to access, yeah. like, the, like, certain parts of the internet because, like, the government censors part of it like they do in china like that would suck but see do you think it's it's because do you think it's like we've gotten like so used to it like the whole like freedom of speech thing that like people that's why people just automatically assume that like hey i could post whatever the fuck i want like on my social media and like yeah you know what i'm saying i think that's a huge issue is like the fact that we've gotten so used to how much freedom expression that we have that we don't realize that what we say do hurt other people and can cause um, significant damage. And so what these corporations are doing, um, putting policies in place to protect, you know, 
their image as well as you know, individuals individual which is like the second thing they you know go for yeah obviously yeah I mean, so i mean in it for the money when it comes to the internet the one uh regulation i kind of asked for or no i'm pretty sure it is but you know crack down more on cp um kind of content that's cp meaning child porn yeah by the way. yeah just crack down more on those um I want to say message message boards clean those up more, but then again, I mean that, it's kind of hard to like regulate that. You know? yeah, it's, yeah, and that goes yeah. against They've the freedom because it's subjective. Yeah, it's, like yeah, I mean, we talked about that in, in class, speech yeah. class, yeah. yeah, that it's subjective to yeah. what because people can claim it as like art, which yeah. is yeah. yeah, I don't know why you claim that as <laughs> art, bullshit, but, right. but then but it, like all of this is being run by corporations and businesses. Yeah. Whether yeah. we like it or not, every website we go on is some business website. Yeah, you know yeah. they all have motives. Yeah, motives everything. and incentives to you know make, and so it's hard for government to really regulate the internet because it's, in a sense, a free market. Yeah, you know, and it's hard. Honestly. Yeah, it's, it, it's difficult. Nearly impossible. I mean, unless you're yeah. trying to be North Korea. Yeah. I mean, it's trying yeah. to be like that, like <laughs> from back then, like the public sphere. That's what Twitter's trying to be at this point, but just yeah. with some limitations and stuff. Like, yeah. yeah. But and yeah, see, like people make that, I mean, I guess people can make that argument like, hey, like social media, they see it as like a form of like the public sphere. Yeah. I, I, what I, I was getting at. I've seen yeah. that argument how um, they want Twitter to be a public uh, util- utility, mm-hmm. which is weird. Um, but then again, Twitter has been shifting itself into more a news organization to pump out news um, yeah. on their explore. A lot of people get their news from yeah. that, yeah. Which is a smart idea, but then again, it's it's gonna suck for them when they actually have to. If they, if they honestly, I don't see them, but if they do become a public utility, yeah, that's what their um, new look is gonna be. Um, but one thing that if they ha- if they do become one. The one issue I want them to solve is to have basically internet access as a human right. Right. Because we're going through a new digital yeah. age where... Uh, the digital the, gap. Yeah, if yeah. you don't have internet, you don't have the possibility of getting a job or anything like that. Right. So, I mean, for Twitter to become that of a public utility, everyone needs access to the internet. Um, but then again, one problem is free speech when it comes to a public utility, you know, because yeah. it's going to be run by the government or government employees. How is free speech going to be handled? Um, are there right. going to be policies? But then again, you know, hate speech should be a given one. Or that should not be there, you know. So right. yeah. it, it's, it's I mean, weird. I feel like in terms of, like, if it goes that way, like, it's going to be kind of hard to, like, really like narrow down or like put guidelines in place because like some stuff is like they would have to be really specific because certain like they wouldn't be able to get away with like doing big you know guidelines because it would be like it it would leave it open to interpretation for people you know yeah yeah so what do you guys think i mean i feel like they'll lose a lot of their user base um just because a lot of these people express themselves a lot differently. Yeah. And so, I mean, on Twitter. That's true. Yeah, on Twitter, it. I mean, ever since Tumblr got rid of the 
porn sites and stuff like that, the porn. Um, the NSFW. Yeah. yeah. The, the, when they got rid of that stuff, it all went to Twitter. Yeah. And so that boosted a lot of Twitter's popularity and <laughs> user base. Yeah. And so if they get rid of that, you know, yeah. and go public and they say, hey, we got to crack down on these porn stuff, you know, you know, cameras, only only fans, um, I mean, porn, probably even porn. Wouldn't they be ago. able to say yeah. like, I mean, because you got to look. It's an art form. That's like what but I then said again, earlier. It, yeah. You know, you know, it depends. That's what I'm saying. It depends like on who is in power because. It's hard to like interpret because like people would be able to make that argument like, hey, like this is a, a way of art. Like it's um. I mean, my artistic expression. The big thing with like Tumblr yeah. banning, what made people kind of like pissed about why why Tumblr banned all its porn wasn't just because like oh well they're getting rid of porn and like, CP too. Yeah, it, it was also because there's a lot of like for example there was a lot of queer people who would who would post stuff that wasn't always you know for for kids and it was a way yeah. of them expressing their sexuality and things yep. like that and so the big fear is always at least with private companies that if they start banning porn it's not just going to be like really explicit stuff yeah. it's going to target certain groups of people yes yeah and, and and that's the big fear um like with like because i think that's what that's what's been happening a lot with like a lot of social media like websites so like Everything went to Twitter, but what happens if tomorrow Twitter's like, well, so we're going to get rid of get rid of all this like uh, like naughty stuff, and it's like, okay, so where's everyone else supposed to go? Reddit, but what if Reddit decides to get all of it? And so, where yeah. do people have the right on the internet to post stuff like that? You know yeah. what I mean? Like what outlet? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's the company's choice if they yeah, want to make right. money. If yeah, if mm-hmm. porn isn't making the money, yeah, they, they got to go somewhere else. It, yeah, exactly. They can always make a porn social media account. Honestly, I have yeah. no, I have no problem with that. You know, I'm all for sex workers, but if Twitter happens to become a public utility, I'm sorry, you guys have to go. Like, a porn social media account has to be made for something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a given pool, winner losers, winner right. and losers. So it, it does suck. Um, but I mean, everyone likes porn, so but we gotta keep it clean for the kids. That's true. Yeah, I feel like that's the only thing that would kind of like make sense. Like, it's kind of like a given that would have to happen. Yeah. So, do we want to move on to like talking about? Yeah, actually, I was just gonna okay, say sorry. so. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, not yeah. to. Derail. Yeah. So <laughs> we could keep going. <laughs> no, yeah, we could go on forever, but um, so right now we're going to discuss, um, we're actually going to jump into an interview that we had with Dr. Horvat, who is a professor here at Stan State. Um, we're actually uh, fortunate enough to be taking him this semester. We've taken him in the past, um, but this semester we're taking him for freedom of speech. And um, yeah, it's been really eye-opening Um you know, so uh, something that seems so simple and like you wouldn't really give much thought to, um, really does, you know, kind of have a lot to go with it. So we're just gonna jump into that interview a little bit, and then we'll come back and discuss that. <laughs> So we have Dr. Daniel Horvat here from um, CSU Stanislaus, uh, the comm department. 
And um, the reason we have him here is we're going to discuss a little bit more uh, in terms of the freedom of speech and uh, go into a little bit more detail. So I think, um, Alan, do you want to start this off? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, we have in our studio Dr. Daniel Horvath, who teaches in the comm department here at Stanislaus. How are you, Dr. Horvath? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for the invitation. Well, thanks for being here. Yeah, so our topic for the podcast that we're doing uh, this week uh, for one of our classes is re- is regarding freedom of speech. And uh, since, you know, like all of us are enrolled in your in your freedom of speech <laughs> class this, uh, this semester, we thought it would be nice to invite you and just sort of uh, probe your brain a bit to see about, you know, free speech concepts and just the whole idea of freedom of speech here in the United States. Um, so let's get started with that. Yep. Um, so the first question I have for you is, I mean, it's kind of a, a general question. Yeah. It doesn't have a yes or no, but it, it's what does freedom of speech mean to you as, as someone who, you know, what does it mean to you, I guess, just personally? Yeah. Well, it's one of the most cherished values, I think, for me. Uh, and when I teach, I do start uh, my my the semester of the class by pointing out that I did grow up in a communist dictatorship uh, where precisely freedom of speech and freedom of press were, were lacking. Um, two hours of TV, all propaganda, state-controlled, all uh, news uh, outlets, um, books were, were censored, uh, media coming from the West was uh, all but uh, blocked at the there were some uh, pirate radios, like free, uh, I was, I think it was called Free Europe or something like that, that was beaming <laughs> uh, news from the free world, so to speak. But those are very few uh, opportunities to actually access information. So after 1989, after the revolution, uh, we were washed with <laughs> uh, new information, new media, and in that moment sort of thinking retrospectively, we realized how much of our lives was deeply uh, affected by, by the lack of freedom of speech and access to information. So I really love, I actually requested teaching this class because I have, I have that powerful connection to, to the idea of freedom of speech. Uh, how long were you in? Well, I, I lived in Romania until 2006, but uh, Romania was a communist country until 1989 when the popular uprising uh, overthrew the communist government. The Romanian people have destroyed a tyrannical dictatorship and begun to build a new life of freedom. Of course, when you have a government that controls all aspects of communication, it's very difficult to do anything to distribute to a mass uh, audience. Uh, so there were very few cases that we were aware of that people have written what they were called open letters to the government that were critical of the government. Uh, these tended to be uh, intellectual, maybe somewhat known and had an audience, uh, all suffered from house arrests where constantly under surveillance or, or all their uh, movements were controlled. And these are the, uh, let's say, the mild cases, right? If you would do anything um, uh, that would be critical of the government or severely uh, interfering with the government, Sometimes you just disappear. So, really, yeah. So you have now cases, uh, right? A good equivalent for for your listeners that might not be aware of that would be now North Korea, present day North Korea, or uh, in many respects uh, China as well, uh, where you have state agencies that control what the population uh, hears 
uh, and listens to and so this almost absolute control over uh, the means of communication which is fascinating to me because when i grew up with this the technology was a, a little bit more uh, <laughs> uh, uh you know you, you had tv radio nothing of the magnitude of, of the internet and, uh, something like that, mass, means of mass communication. So it felt it was easier than to control. So I, I'm really puzzled and, and, and uh, somewhat worried about uh, North Korea or China's ability to control even what information people can access through the internet, which we imagine as this space of free free flow of information, which turns out is not entirely accurate. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Uh, Myra, did you have any? Yeah, so... Um we're just gonna move on from that. Um, I know in class we discuss a lot about social media uh, specifically, but just for our listeners, um, if they haven't heard anything um, about that or really given it any much thought, um, why do you believe there's such a misconception when it comes to free speech and social media? Well, we are uh, tricked into believing that, uh, let's say, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook that in many respects act as if there are a public square where we all get together and share information, that that means that these are public spaces or public forum, forums, but in fact, they're not. These are private companies and we actually, uh, uh, they actually have the ability to delete, to restrict what we say on these platforms, um, much more so than the government. But because we're, we're tricked into thinking that we're all gathering in this digital public square, that somehow First Amendment applies there. It only applies as far as these companies are interested in, in maintaining sort of the, the flow of information and communication. But we, we hear a lot of cases where certain accounts have been deleted. And while the chatter on the Internet says that people invoke First Amendment as a way to kind of restore that access, uh, no court would ac actually uh, restore access uh, based on the First Amendment because these are private entities. Right? Right. So private versus public, not a lot of people are aware of that distinction, and we think that uh, uh, First Amendment protects us all in all situations, but it's very important for, for our, uh, the listeners to understand that First Amendment prevents the government from interfering with our freedom of speech. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech or the press or the right of people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Uh, private entities can do that at will. <laughs> of course, not without consequences. Let's say that all of a sudden Twitter uh, just randomly begins to delete uh, all comments about NBA, for example, <laughs> I'm choosing a random example. And there's a lot of fans on NBA, they might suffer backlash, they might suffer people uh, moving to a different platform. So there might be consequences for a private entity that are not related to First Amendment and they might restore that. But uh, we, ha we have to understand that we have to uh, enact a different kind of pressure on these companies uh, not invoke First Amendment. I think a lot of it is, um People just overlook the terms and agreements yeah. and just accept, you know, and they don't really 
look into it that much and a lot of it i mean because well, private companies don't owe you a platform yeah they like, don't like they're they're there to just mentioned yeah you know they're all they're there for their own good so yeah yeah, yeah. that's actually a good a good <laughs> uh, thing to to pause for a second uh freedom of speech prevents intervention from the state right there's no guarantee, right? Nobody owes you, like you said, a platform. Nobody owes you. Nobody says you have to make room for somebody to speak or mm -hmm. provide them a, a, a soapbox on which they can <laughs> sit and and, and uh, speak. Uh, that's not in the guarantee of the First Amendment. Right. I think people just overlook the whole like the government mm -hmm. is like the key word. Yeah, because I mean the government, the government can't arrest. Like that's I think that's probably like the. Uh, for me, it's like the simplest way of understanding the First Amendment. The First Amendment protects you from being arrested, mm -hmm. from saying, you know, you know, something that could be considered really like if like if a Nazi went out like another under the quad right now <laughs> and started saying a bunch of awful you know stuff. Um, obviously, they can't arrest him for it. I mean, uh, unless he's you know causing like a major disturbance or yeah. threatening people, or maybe there might be an act of violence or something like that. But I mean, it just means that they can't arrest him. It doesn't mean that they have to provide him a platform it doesn't mean that they you know have to give him like you know a, a microphone and a, and, yeah. A, yeah. and a speaker to go out and do it it just means like okay i mean you can go out and do it but we're not going to give you like special tools uh or anything like that to to be able to do it and we won't you know legally we won't touch you or arrest you but it's it's yeah i mean that's yeah. that's how i understand the first amendment no i think it's an that's an excellent way to to put it right that uh, the first amendment starts by saying Congress shall make no law. Uh, so it's about uh, uh, preventing the government from enacting any sort of legislation that would prevent you from speaking. There's nothing there about equal yeah. access. There's nothing there about if, if somebody has a bigger platform than you and says something that somehow you are owed an equal platform. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Lindsay, do you want to kind of like follow it up with a, another question? Yeah, so obviously there is limitations to like freedom of speech and everything. Um, how do you feel about the limits of limits of speech in the United States, such as like fighting words or like yelling fire in a crowded theater? Yeah. And do you believe that that's necessary, that there's limitations on that? When we start talking about the First Amendment, it always feels like a grand idea to say we can say everything all the time. <laughs> but as soon as we embrace that idea, we realize that we, we run into a, a lot of things that we collectively agree that don't make sense as being protected by the First Amendment, right? So you mentioned uh, the fighting words uh, doctrine, meaning uh, saying something to one particular person, something that's so offensive, so outrageous, that would almost incite immediate violence. Uh, the, the Supreme Court decided that that's not something that is protected. Um, uh, you were talking about uh, incitement to imminent loss action, right? The, the famous uh, phrase, uh, w w the correct phrase is, uh, falsely shouting fire in a theater. So this idea that uh, saying something that causes immediate panic, once again, it's not something that is uh, protected. We recognize that saying things that are false about somebody else that can cause uh, the loss of reputation and uh, standing in the community for that person, what we call libel, slander, uh, those, are, again, th those are exceptions. So actually, you start looking through the list, a lot of those make sense to all of us, right? Because we want to protect our uh, identity. We don't want to protect our reputation. We have our privacy that we, we are uh, very protected of. Um, 
of course, these exceptions and, and our commitment to First Amendment are always tested when we get close to the limit, <laughs> right? When it's something you were mentioning, the case and somebody, like, let's say, a neo-Nazi in the quad saying offensive things about groups of people that are here at, at the, the school, right? Very difficult. The temptation is to say that that person cannot say things because we disagree with that and because it makes so many people feel bad. But it would be very difficult to invoke First Amendment or legislation that would prevent that based on content alone. So then we have to look for these more narrow, narrow um exceptions like fighting words like true threats right something that can be uh actionable rather than something that is uh offensive uh hateful towards other people but still at a sort of a le- an abstract level that doesn't necessarily lead to an incitement direct incitement so a lot of these exceptions are uh, have a long tradition and also make a lot of sense to me as well trying to sort of think about one that I might disagree, but I think true threats, for example, is one one um, that is uh, quite intriguing or interesting uh, because um, uh, we're not allowed to threaten the life of the president and a host of other uh, officials, but some of the cases that came before the Supreme Court was always were always uh, turned on whether this is a real threat or it's rhetorical hyperbole and exaggeration, right? Because as soon as we start punishing speech that sounds to some as threatening, uh, we also risk uh, cutting a lot of uh, flourishing, yeah. <laughs> rhetorical <laughs> flourishing that tends to accompany when, when you're upset, right? Um, and perhaps the one the one case where actually we're talking about this morning, we didn't have a chance, and because it pertains to what we're doing right now, which is what are the words that you cannot say on the air, for example, uh, but you can say them everywhere else. <laughs> so it's a mm-hmm. it's a very narrow exception related to the Pacifica case, right? The seven words that you can't say on the radio. Mm-hmm. Not entirely sure if this applies here because oh it's no, a you podcast. Go ahead and say them. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not going to no. say We're them. We're free to say them. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, because uh, <laughs> we were talking about uh, this morning about uh, radio. You can't defend yourself as a listener from the radio because that comes into your house. Right. It's versus, the public airways. Yes, yeah, public airways versus a. A podcast or something that you kind of have to download and opt in, uh, and if there's as long as there's a disclaimer there, right? But that is a strange exception that still survives. Kind of, I'm trying to answer a question if there's one that I kind of disagree, and I know that some some Supreme Court justice is now on the court, and I'm thinking of Justice Ginsburg, that says it's time to revisit that decision, but I don't know which radio would uh, just say those words right. <laughs> to test the theory that if you go all the up, all the way up to the Supreme Court, uh, um, that that court that, that would be reversed because anything else we know from Cohen and the, and uh, the Cohen's yeah. jacket, right? That words in themselves cannot be. But we have this weird seven words that are an exception on in this very specific mode of communication. So that's a very strange, yeah, maybe debatable yeah. exception. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I remember when, so in terms of like the seven dirty words, you would just, you would feel as though like they really do need to go back and revisit that case, and and in terms of like how like to set up. A maybe narrower standard, or to set a, or to create a more. Well, it's it's. I think it doesn't make sense. That case doesn't make sense with everything else that we know about the First Amendment. So it's a it's a little bit of an 
odd duck, uh, so to speak. And once again, saying that there sh that shouldn't be an expression doesn't mean that we need to just start saying those words all the time. Right? Right. <laughs> Communication ethics is about what you should and shouldn't say, but First Amendment is what you can and cannot say. So it's a matter of legality and whether or not it makes sense to cut those specific words. And again, th those words are tied to, uh, I, I encourage everybody uh, you know, with a disclaimer that it has bad words, but George Carlin's um, monologue about those words it's he's a stand-up he was a stand-up comedian uh, very famous uh, for those of you who don't know uh, that name uh, and the that monologue itself plays a lot with the absurdity of, of cutting uh, speech certain words right which again uh, in Cohen in the Cohen decision with the, with the draft uh, jacket uh, uh, we addressed that already so we, we decided that one word cannot be excised from from public speech, without at the same time cutting other worthwhile speech, so to speak. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah just for people that don't know the background on the Cohen case, it's uh, basically Cohen wore a jacket that said "F the draft" or "Fuck the draft." I guess. Yeah. I guess. You I guess can, I could say, say yeah, it, "Fuck yeah. the draft." Yeah. Um, it can be bleeped <laughs> later <laughs> if necessary. So yeah, yeah. just uh, that's that's the case that we were uh, discussing, or he was mentioning earlier. Yeah. Before that case, th that word was not really uttered in in, in public as much, and it was uh, uh, the state had the ability to to uh, punish that because initially we were talking about the uh, fighting words doctrine. The first condition of the the fighting doctrine was words that are offensive. Uh, therefore, you can punish somebody for just saying that word, which now in retrospect for us doesn't make that much sense. Also, that word had much more power than, than it seems to have right now. Uh, but yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting conundrum around uh, airwaves and the, the seven forbidden words <laughs> right. that, are, right. that you can say any, in, a, in any other context. Yeah. 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 <coughs> considerations and exceptions that mm -hmm. go along with it but going into like things kind of um that you disagree with that in a way um are there any supreme court cases regarding free speech that you disagree with yeah interestingly enough is the case that you're you're dealing with and i think when we were talking about Elanis, uh i i usually don't hide my disapproval <laughs> yeah. uh so let's give a little background on yeah. this so Elanis v united states uh was a case back in like that they decided back in 2015 where Anthony Alanis, who had just been divorced from his wife, um, started, posti started posting really threatening sounding things on Facebook. And I was like, I was researching the case and it, you know, it started with like, oh, he, he works at this amusement park. And um, one of the women that he supervised um, filed a sexual harassment complaint against him. And so the, the amusement park fired him and you know, it was around the same time that he'd just gotten divorced from his wife. Uh, his wife won custody of his kids. And so he wasn't in a great place in his life. And so he kind of took to Facebook to kind of, uh, in his defense, uh, work through his, his emotions and find catharsis uh, by posting rap lyrics. And a lot of times it wasn't even rap lyrics. There was some, <laughs> yes. there was some where it's like, wow, like, you know, uh, in, 
he would like there was a he would like call his wife's sister and ask like if she if she was actually reading his post because he he knew she would read he knew she would read the post and so he would make like really threatening posts like oh maybe my son because you know there was a photo of them going like halloween costume shopping and he's like wow maybe my son can dress uh, up as like you know like you know a dead husband or something like that and and uh, he, he made very cryptic messages on Facebook, and then eventually evolved into like rap lyrics and things like like that. Allah, like Eminem, you know Eminem. He used yeah. to make a lot of lyrics. Um, he profited a lot off of lyrics that <laughs> implied that he wanted made, to kill made his a wife. Career out of it. Yeah, basically made an entire career out of it. And so, I mean, eventually, he was uh, convicted under uh, U.S. Code eighteen something or another. I. I haven't memorized it um but uh, of interest of being he was convicted of uh making threats via interstate commerce interstate commerce being like the internet things like <laughs> that because he communicated it over facebook and the internet and so they found him guilty um he appealed it at the district court but they still upheld the conviction and it eventually got kicked up to the supreme court and the supreme court eventually like the question was like is it you know what do you need in order to convict someone of like making threats via interstate commerce. Um, and they said, well, you need subjective intent, meaning like you need to like the person who made or who posted the stuff has to like, has to have intended to have threatened someone or have known to a reasonable degree that, you know, what he said was going to be taken as a threat. And um, I mean, they eventually like they, just, they vacated his conviction and, and they didn't find him guilty of it uh, just because it's like, well, you know, he, didn't intend to threat like to make his wife feel threatened he um, artistically yeah he, he was just expressing himself artistically that he um you know he didn't think that she would take it threateningly he just thought oh i was posting lyrics and stuff like that and yeah i mean it's like it's when you research more into it, it it's because like at first i was like i okay i feel sympathetic to alanis because it's like he's going through a rough patch in his life He's getting divorced. He's losing custody of his kids. Maybe he is just like, you know, trying to work through his emotions. It's awful what he's saying about his wife. Yeah. But then it's like, okay, I mean, people say stuff on the internet all the time. But then it's like, why is he calling his his wife's sister and seeing if he's ma- if she if she's checking the post? It, it feels almost like threatening in a way. Yeah, and it, like he knew he had intent of doing that. Exactly. Sure. And I mean, the question that came up for me when I was researching the case was like, well, is that just an, is that enough of a standard where someone can just be like, if like, if you take someone to trial and be like, well, this person, I feel threatened by this person mm-hmm. and they're making threats. And then they just say, oh, well, I didn't mean it. Mm-hmm. I didn't mean to. And it's like, okay, that's fine. It's like, is that enough of a standard? <laughs> yeah. To, which is kind of what it feels like to me with the Alanis case and, yeah. and what people were saying and like the research I had found. Yeah. So Alanis. Is yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, and you did a wonderful job sort of introducing it. And uh, yeah, precisely because it's very, uh, it's slippery, right? It's mm-hmm. uh, the question uh, at the heart of it is, uh, should you use a reasonable standard, like you said, and, and would a reasonable person interpret those as a threat? And the Supreme Court said that that's not enough uh, to establish threats. You have to have criminal intent. Now it's a very higher, it's a much higher standard. It's very difficult. Um, but sort of reading the, 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 the threats, seeing exactly other behaviors, right, that you're mentioning, like calling the sister and all that. Uh, for me, it's kind of clear that, that he used the, the idea of uh, rap lyrics as a cover. It's, you cannot prove that, but it feels yeah. like it's very slippery there, right? And 
on on one hand, you want to make sure that you defend artists that legitimate, like you right. gave me them. You want to make sure that uh, somebody cannot sue an artist and say, "Well, I'm the person naming that song, and I felt threatened." And then you open an entire <laughs> different kind of worm, so to speak. So you want to make sure that you protect artists uh, to allow them to to express themselves. But uh, this person has never sang in their yeah, life. That was There's no right. That was actually I'm a rapper, right? Which is also something that you cannot deny, right? There's no right. definition. This is not a well, legal category where you have you know, to. Yeah, I, I was gonna say. Yeah, Eminem at one point. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, was an unknown mm. individual. I mean, yeah. I mean, that was what the wife had said in her defense. Like, well, he never expressed any like interest in rap lyrics before this, and right. had never made this type of like language before. And you know, it's always like, I mean, I mean, I agree with you, Doctor Horvath. To me, it felt like the whole like, oh, I was just kidding. I was just rapping about it. Was a, convenient cover yes like obviously i can't prove that but that's sort of what yeah. it feels like and that's what yeah. lawness because it's easy to claim that right yeah. that's uh, when you get in trouble and you say I was, I was kidding i was doing something else i didn't mean it right uh, and then intent is very difficult to to prove right it's you would have to assemble that list of calls or statements in other situations where they would have demonstrated that he, he wanted the the uh, X, Y, to feel threatened. Yeah. That would speak of an intent. So, yeah, it's a, it's a curious uh, decision, but uh, there are a lot of Supreme Court decisions where, where we have uh, freedom of speech or we owe our freedom of speech or an expansion of our freedom of speech to people that said awful things. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, the, you know, the KKK, Brandenburg v. Ohio in 1969, that allows us now to speak of the and criticize the government in all manners of manners um, without getting in trouble is that freedom that expansion is owed to somebody from KKK who <laughs> threatened <laughs> revenge yeah. on the government for for mistreating the white race. So, yeah. Well, <coughs> I mean, the case dealt with social media, and I think Myra, I think you have a question. Yeah. Okay. So that. we were talking about social media with the Alanis case and how he posted it on Facebook. So. Um, just going forward, how do you see freedom of speech and social me- social media like coexisting um, as time goes on? Oh, that's an excellent question. I think it's it's really uh, profound to uh, I'm not entirely sure I'm going to do justice to it, uh, but I think uh, we're still early in that process of trying to figure out. Uh, we we're just talking about this morning how the government. Uh, the Congress tried three times to protect minors from obscene material, and every time that had happened, um, ACLU or other organizations challenged those laws, pointing out to how those efforts also eliminate some other speech, and especially it's very difficult now because on one hand, you understand the need to protect people like the airwaves, right? Uh, almost it's impossible to avoid the internet, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, it's not it's not an option anymore to log out, to, to, to live in the woods. We, we pay our bills, we, we read our news, we interact with each other online. So it's very difficult to, to imagine a world where you're going to roll that back. So it's part of us, but a lot of the, the legislation and the, the cases that we've been talking about are about a speech on a soapbox, right? Yeah. Are about something said on the radio, are about, so the speed with which information moves, the ability to uh, conceal your identity when you speak on the internet, right? Those, all, all those are, are uh, really uh, 
interesting issues that the Supreme Court kind of has to, to, to grapple with uh, to figure out. We're talking about obscenity uh, today and um, uh, the, the contemporary community standards, right? That makes sense if you're talking about a book or a magazine because then book or a magazine that might or might not be seen it will be judged in California by Californians, but what if that it's on online magazine is judged by <laughs> a community yeah. in Alabama or New York, right? right? How do you begin to deal with that? And then there are the, the, the lack of a national standard or even whether or not we need a national standard to understand what that means and it, whether a national standard even makes sense since I can tweet something and somebody from China in the next second retweets it, right? Yeah. <laughs> what does national standard mean in this, uh, in, in that, in that uh, context, right? But we need to, to do that because uh, liable, fighting words, <laughs> all of these exceptions that we've been talking about, they're still in place. So we still, uh, while we do have the freedom to express ourselves online, those exceptions still are, are in place. So you can still get in trouble if you say something false about somebody on Twitter, you can still get in trouble. Twitter will not get in trouble, <laughs> but you can, right? Uh, so, yeah. Twiable, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. What was that? Twiable, I believe, is what some people refer to. Twitter liable. Oh, Twitter liable. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't hear that. I've never heard that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what Dr. Dawson twiable. actually discussed uh, a couple oh, classes we, ago. Twiable, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's Last a, week, yeah, Twitter I liable. Did, <laughs> I didn't know that. Last they, week, they, we're learning about the legal stuff. Mm-hmm. That we can post for like PR and everything. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is yeah. kind of, I mean, kind of goes hand in hand with this. I mean, yeah. without freedom of speech, PR wouldn't exist. Yeah, pretty much. So yeah. Uh, Lindsay, I think you Lindsay a had a question to follow up on. I'm just kind of. So, what do you think about the identity Europa flyers that have appeared on Stand State in recent years and everything? I know there was like that certain case with like the white supremacy like mm-hmm. um, stickers going around. But they took them down, and they didn't really like take them down because it was offensive. They took it down because they weren't approved. Yeah, that's from my, my understanding. Uh, I, I remember that they didn't go through the posting procedure, which I assumed they wouldn't because they would have to identify themselves. You, we see hate speech and and hate groups usually hide behind the anonymity provided by by just posting flyers or by by, po- by saying things on on the internet under the guise of anonymity uh, but it w- it'd be curious to to see what uh, how would the, uh, the administration react if they would post these through what kind of regulation might they invoke uh, because uh, let's find a discussion about uh, the speech code on campus uh, which has reasonable restrictions on time place and manner yeah. but it's very difficult to uh, enact content discrimination that's the one thing that the Supreme Court uh, time and time rejects. And it's very easy for, for most of us uh, to say, to point to something and say it's hateful and it's, uh, it's offensive. But time and time again, the Supreme Court has rejected that argument that something that merely because it's offensive, whether it's a word <laughs> or right. seven words or an idea, uh, merely offensive and hateful, that is not ground for... Uh, or denying or censoring that, that, that speech. This is very difficult because we see a resurgence of, of white supremacy and, 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 and hate on speech. And of course, campuses are targeted precisely because we do cherish <laughs> freedom of speech. Uh, and uh, this sort of pokes, you know, we're, we're being poked 
Yeah, and uh, catch uh, twenty two. Yeah, so the 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 worst thing that we can do is to restrict our own freedom of speech, to yeah. to to fight against this this kind of uh, expression of hate, and that's why it, it, when we talk about in class, my favorite way to respond to this is to read the ACLU speech on campus and time and time again they point out that when speech is restricted usually it's used by dominant group to <laughs> to punish the very group that the, the the code was designed to to protect and actually what we should do is never leave these posters unanswered uh, never let hate speak uh, uh, unanswered right? that's, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, so we need to be better coordinating and responding to this uh, because the same freedom of speech that protects somebody who's hateful to say hateful things protects us to respond to that speech. So we have to, that's how we, <laughs> that's how we respect their freedom of speech and celebrate ours by responding and not allowing that uh, speech to, to, to thrive, you know. But it's sad to see, and I think somebody said that recently, that again, they started putting, uh, somebody said there were recent incidents, I'm not Entirely sure. Yeah, you usually get that email from the president, sort of informing us. That I think there was yeah. one incident last semester, and I know that because so like I work at the at the police department on campus. Oh yeah. And, and um, I came in one day, and they had a, like a, a like a little thing in the in our break room that said, "Hey, if anybody sees this fl- type of flyer, and it was an identity Europa flyer, mm-hmm. um, report it to us, and then we'll we'll look into it." And uh, I mean. So that was, I can only think of one last semester. I don't know if anything happened this semester. I mean, I don't think it's on the same level as it was back when they first started appearing. Yeah. I think yeah. that was when it was like all over campus and that yeah. was yeah. becoming an issue. Now it's like, okay, one will pop up every every yeah. so often, but not as much as before. And probably part of that has to do with like one of the, Nathan Domingo, yeah. having graduated. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, that might be an He's explanation. Yeah. There was they were more more active and when he was still enrolled here, although from my understanding he was uh, mostly enrolled on online classes and stuff like oh, that. Yeah, towards the towards the end he Yeah, he didn't move to online classes. I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but it's a good point. Like how do we react? What is the measure of our reaction uh, uh, speaks to how much we uh, want to uphold this value of freedom of speech, right? This is very tempting. Yeah. Very tempting to uh, punish somebody for speech you disagree with, and, and I, th- I think that's when you get to truly understand and love the First Amendment when you realize that you have to fight with uh, yeah. equal <laughs> equal energy yeah. for yeah. something because that is hateful to you. Right, it it works both ways. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like freedom of speech is a two way street. Like, yeah, yeah. you can you can post yeah. hateful stuff on campus, but that doesn't stop like me, for example posting something right next to your like flyer and you right. know, calling it's a you response and calling you an asshat about it you know yeah yeah <laughs> sorry that no, was good uh, mm-hmm. yeah no no I, I like that and I, I would like to see that more uh, as an, a reaction rather than the, than the anxiety and fear and then uh, the, right. the temptation to go to an, uh, an administrative entity mm-hmm. and beg for a solution from there I think the solutions to hate speech just come from us, but I also want to mention uh, it's very easy for me to say that <laughs> because I am not really threatened by those. Right. I am not right. the target of the those uh, hateful as, uh, as a white person. I'm not the target of these. So it's very easy then for me to say, let's have an academic discussion about freedom of speech. It's much more difficult for people that are feel feel unsafe right. uh, to have that reaction. That's why I think like the, 
the campus should react to this uh, right. and should react swiftly and, and with power. And when there's a one kind of poster, I like what you said, then uh, that should be surrounded by 10,000 other posters. Each of us should post something against that, right? Yeah. I really love when I see in the, in the, in the press cases, like I think it was in Boston, if I'm not mistaken, where there was a white supremacy rally uh, of, I think, I want to say, I'm not, I don't want to exaggerate, but maybe like 100 people, something like that, and then 5,000 people showed, surround them and say, we love you, <laughs> so yeah. right? To yeah. show that, uh, one, to show the, that that expression will not be welcomed in, in the public. You're, you're entitled to express yeah. it, but it's welcome. And come on our side, yeah. <laughs> or better, uh, and, and, and an immediate response to that, not letting them march and feel like the, the, their message uh, has traction anywhere. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's great for a setting like, you know, on campus, uh, because obviously the, we can't react with violence to, right. you know, things like that. <laughs> Especially to something that's like basically anonymous. Yeah, you know? well, well, even if it, even if it wasn't anonymous, like yeah. I mean, how many of us would be willing to go to jail for like you know hitting or you know punching a Nazi like mm -hmm. on campus? Probably not a lot of us. But I mean, it, it also doesn't help to be like, well, let's just debate them. You know, let, yes. let's yeah. let's just have a debate about it. And it's like, well, no, because it's like it's as if you're saying that the people who feel threatened by that speech, um, as if their concerns don't matter. Mm -hmm. And so I think a good alternative to either <laughs> direct action, which is violence, or or you know, having a, a, a debate about it, an academic debate, as if it's as if you know, hurtful speech is on the same level as academic speech or, or something like that. Um, you know, being what, you know what you're saying, counteracting it in a way. You know, just to, uh, if one flyer shows up, fifteen more show up, and it's up rounded in its place, condemning it. Um, you know, if, if you know if a group of neo Nazis wants to hang out on the quad then a bunch of people are around them shouting them down or, yeah. or they're just a counter protesting or, or something like that i think that personally i think that's yeah. a great way i do. think it's um i don't know i think it's more mostly um people don't really like they usually get caught up on the like initial shock and i don't think yeah. they really think it through and process like what can i do to in response to this that's true you know what i'm saying yeah I know like a good way for like people to get their voices out. Some college campuses do the free speech day. So they have that platform out there where you can like write it on a board, like anything you want. Oh yeah. And just go out there and do that. I saw that at my last semester. I was thinking about doing that. Yeah. I think that'd, oh, that'd be, be cool. To, I think that'd be cool to do here. Oh, that's on a this good campus. Like on, like on a warrior <laughs> Wednesday. Yeah. Live. Yeah. That's an excellent idea. Yeah. Do you have a chalkboard? <laughs> like a no. big chalkboard? You don't need a chalkboard. You whiteboard. just get a whiteboard. Or okay, you can get a whiteboard. You just get a whole bunch of poster boards and anything. That's and true. That's true. Bring it out. Yeah. There's also uh, pitch that yeah. <laughs> to, to like Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think people, and also I think it's a, like a lack of understanding that like, yeah, I can, you know, do this yeah. or knowing. Because you think of like the First Amendment, you don't, I don't think people really have like a good deep understanding of what it is. Like they know the general concept of it, but they don't have a deep understanding of it. And yeah, that's. I mean, I, I, think, I think the average person doesn't really think about the First Amendment on a, like a daily yeah. basis. I mean, they know, like you said, they know it exists. They know it's. They can't be arrested for saying mm -hmm. things, but like, they don't realize that how much power they truly do have yeah. to yeah. respond to things. It, it's like, I mean. 
like I can't be arrested just if I criticize I don't know if I criticize President John let's say mm -hmm. President John can't have me arrested right you know I can say whatever I want about President I don't have anything to say about President <laughs> John but but I mean I shuts if, down the podcast <laughs> <laughs> I, I will if I wanted to I mean I, I could yeah. do that you know and, and and it's it's not it's not nothing I mean being yeah. able to respond to what Jun is saying, because sometimes, I mean, I'll be honest, sometimes when Jun publishes certain like, like press releases, I'll be like, I don't know, Jun, you seem kind of wishy-washy on this. You know, it, it's some, it's a way that I, as an average person can respond to that. And, it, and I think it's the basis of like journalism, for example, yeah. you know, journalists take a look at what people in power say and do and say, well, I mean, yeah, questioning it, let's take a look at that. That's kind of your job. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think as a person and as a, citizen if we have that right like we should question the messages that we are you know being fed yeah it's kind of your responsibility i think that's a fundamental uh, idea behind behind the freedom of speech which is if we just let those in power to do whatever they think it's right without empowering us to crit constantly criticize even if we're wrong right if, yeah. if we sometimes mess up uh without that function of constant criticism and constant surveillance from the part of the public and the press, uh, we, the risk inherent in not exercising the freedom of speech is, is great. And to come back to, to what we do about hate, also think that there's, as somebody who, who again, who grew up in a, in a communist dictatorship, um, running to <laughs> the state to solve that problem, a problem of speech, uh, is a dangerous precedent. Yes. Yeah. And we do have, but we do have to constantly respond because at the same time, we can't allow uh, hateful people to yeah. deliver hateful speech. But the creativity, I think we are the creative ones, we are the intelligence ones, we are the, the smart ones, and I think we can come, come with, with uh, better responses to this. Yeah. Right. I mean, and asking for bans. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, pitches, yeah. I think to like the cross burning cases where like they would light crosses on, on people's lawns and stuff. And the Supreme Court ruled and said that, you know, that was fine as long as it wasn't intended to threat or anything like that. Yeah. But it doesn't really provide much comfort to people you mm -hmm. know, who, who are the target of, of that speech. It's like, okay, yeah, yeah. So I ran to the, like you said, I ran to the state to help me solve this issue. And they told me, well, it's fine if they do that. And it's like, okay, but I yeah. still feel, un or with the law, yeah. I still feel unsafe. So yeah. it's like not, e not even the state gets it right. I mean, the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court has biases. Like, like yeah. I think people look at the Supreme Court and think like, oh, well, there's these like nine old people who like are <laughs> apparently the wisest people in the world. Like, like, no, not really. RBG. It's just, yeah. it, it's just uh, uh, she's a... She's not doing well. I just saw Twitter. Oh, no. Yeah, no. again. Uh, but no, I mean, we think we look so at the we look at those nine individuals and we think, oh, well, they must be like the most wisest and fairest people in all of America. And it's like, no, I mean, even they have they can interpret things weird. And that's why there's like dissenting opinions and things like yeah. that. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. So we we see much more uh, many more decisions that are tend to be split five four. And we know that, that there's an ideological uh, bent to the judicial philosophy. So some people think or interpret these laws from a particular political perspective. And uh, 
um, yeah, the Supreme Court sometimes takes 10, 20 years and then changes its mind <laughs> about a case. Right. Uh, we see lower courts all the time making decisions that are reversed. So it's not uh, it's not easy for us all the time to know exactly where those limits are. And I think uh, not to scare everybody, actually everything that you want to say, probably 95% that you would, as a normal, regular person, you would feel the need to say about the government, about other people, would would be relatively safe, right? Because we're like the 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 way we are socialized is to you know don't be mean to people, don't say things that are not true, and stuff right. like that. so a lot of the things that we would say anyway would be protected. But there's that that the the, the limit or, or the fringe where you get a little bit madder at the government <laughs> or yeah. a little bit more mad about other people in your country, for example, right? Those were yeah. those are the, the 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 tricky cases where people are trying to please or trying to decide. Um, if we go one way, how much other speech we lose versus if we go this way, right? I think that's the, that's the decision. It's true. It's not uh, ultimately the Supreme Court is uh, tasked with interpreting if the laws that are passed are constitutional or not, right? Ultimately, we have to understand that we, the people, through our representatives, we can actually change the Constitution. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For example, uh, you know, an absurd example from starting tomorrow, we can. Uh, slander each other. <laughs> if there's a constitutional amendment that allows that, then the Supreme Court cannot say, well, we said no, and now we can't say yes, as long as the Constitution allows it. Again, this is right. a start example, but uh, in terms of the, the I think, uh, uh, flag burning is an interesting case where there, there's an attempt to actually, so, so far, burning the flag as an act of political speech is protected, although a lot of people, or most people, I would say, would be upset with that as a Political gesture, or political speech, and there there are powerful efforts to try to pass a constitutional amendment that would protect that symbol from desecration, right? Um, and uh, once that constitutional amendment is part of our constitution, then you can't do it anymore, right? And the Supreme right. Court cannot say you know, well, that you can just because it wasn't uh, prohibited before, right? right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna skip the question that I had. And uh, Myra, did you want to ask? Uh, oh yeah. So we're gonna transition onto a different um, question. It's uh, regarding still freedom of speech, mm-hmm. but um, it's a more uh, current a question, contemporary, yeah. um, up to date thing. So um, just for the listeners, I'm just gonna give a quick background. So there was an uh, incident with uh, an individual named Conrad Roy. Um, he dealt with depression, um, and he was like under medication and um, doctor's supervision, I believe. Um, But he did have a girlfriend, and um, his severe depression did have him um, contemplating um, suicide. And his girlfriend actually encouraged him to commit suicide. Um, He ended up committing suicide, and she was actually prosecuted and ended up getting convicted for... um, his death, I think, believe uh, she got convicted for 15 months. I think so. Um, and there's a an occur like a reoccurring case that just happened, I believe, earlier this year, or if not last year, with an uh, individual. Um, it's very similar, and it's uh, Alexander Urtula, but I believe that case hasn't gone uh, to court yet. Um, but basically, his girlfriend's defense was uh, freedom of speech. So what do you think about the Conrad Roy and Alexander Tula case? Like, what is your take on the girlfriend's defense of freedom of speech? And do you think 
that the case of Conrad Roy has any potential to set pre- precedent on uh, future cases regarding the freedom of speech? Mm-hmm. Well, that's a really interesting question. I actually wasn't aware of the case until, uh, Alan, you, you mentioned it, so I, I just did a little bit of reading, and um, so I'm not fully familiar with all the facts, but uh, it seems like this type of communication feels at, at the very least a, a little bit odd to claim First Amendment protection. Um, I'm not, I, at this point, I don't think the Supreme Court granted review yet, uh, but it might be interesting to see because if it's an immediate refusal, then anything related to that will, will fall immediately on the wayside. But if it grants review, it might be interesting to see how, how this goes. Uh, the closest case to return to Ilana's, uh, in this case, it seems like it's much more clear that we can establish intent. The communication yeah. was continuous. There was a, like yes. I don't know how many uh, texts, like it's not just Constant, one or two. Yeah. On the phone, on the phone. Uh, uh, I believe one of the things that they were accused, she was accused of is that she was with him on the phone while he was dying and she didn't call. So there's there's a lot that shows intent for that for that person to die, yes. but nonetheless, it's a curious case because it's the first time where we convict somebody for killing someone else right. <laughs> or contributed to someone else's uh, death by words alone, right? Because she wasn't there; she was just through through communication. So it's a really interesting case. I'm not entirely sure, right? There's a, a weird exception, uh, something like words that are integral to co- the commission of a crime, right? Mm-hmm. That once again, they're not protected. If you remember, we talked a little bit about this with the hitman manual that yes. instructed how to kill someone and, and ultimately uh, uh, didn't get to the Supreme Court, but uh, um, the, the press sort of settled with the family <laughs> and yeah. paid them because in that case, it was difficult to argue that uh, an, an instruction manual that tells you how to kill someone is abstract the way uh, Brandenburg's speech was abstract, like maybe in the future we'll do some revengeance, right? This is a very concrete list of things that you need to do to commit that <laughs> crime, and there's also a connection between how that person committed the crime and the steps d- detailed in the in the manual. So it feels like that there's much more connection to those kind of exceptions where if you, you know, so again, it's personal, it's directed, I'm telling you what to do, It's it's something that we might expect to be imminent and likely, right? Those are terms of First Amendment yeah. uh, because uh, it, it feels, I'm not entirely sure, but it feels like she knew about his depression and his suicidal uh, thoughts and ideation, right? So yeah. being aware of all that is very difficult than to claim that your texts were, let's say, rap lyrics <laughs> or right. they were yeah. just mere, yeah. mere words I would, or I was just, uh, uh, you know, uh, talking, um, without being aware if those words will have the effect that they had, right? So it's very yeah. difficult. So the Supreme Court is much more careful um, about uh, speech that is between two people. So right. uh, speech on a soapbox in the quad d- d- gets the most protection, but things between two people are less likely to receive the same level of protection, right? To return yeah. to uh, the fighting words. Uh, exception, which are things that are likely to incite uh, immediate uh, violence uh, and are addressed to a specific person directly, right? So if you yell a a racial slur to a particular person or any kind of slur that that diminishes that person to that one person, 
uh, that you cannot claim that you're talking about racism or something like that in general, mm-hmm. or you say, oh, this group should not be in this country or something like that, like something abstract that you can still claim protection. So because of this personal nature of the communication, because it's very difficult to claim that you are not aware of this, the mental state of that person and that the reaction was very imminent, I'm not entirely sure if that defense will, will be able to prove that. But it might be also curious because uh, this also might open uh, 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 an entire different, different can of worms if just by the words themselves you can punish somebody for a crime, right? Mm-hmm. feels like a little bit I, of a... I believe in uh, both cases, uh, both girlfriends were aware of um, their history and their background okay. and stuff. Um, and I, I believe it actually Michelle Carter instructed Conrad Roy when he was uh, committing suicide inside his truck. Um, there was a point where he got out of his truck, made a phone call to her, and she said, get back in the truck. Okay. So, yeah. yeah that's yeah. would be very <laughs> difficult to yeah. say that you didn't expect that to happen, right? Yeah. Or that it was a joke or you're just talking about it. Or yeah. uh, that person was about to do that anyway, right? That yeah. might be difficult. I'm not entirely sure how they're going to sustain that, that defense. Yeah. Uh, but it would be an interesting case to, to, to track to see if it gets to the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. And then just to kind of follow up and wrap it up, like this question that we have is what is your current mood towards freedom of speech as it stands today? Yeah, that's an excellent question. I think uh, this is returns back to the reason why I love teaching this class is that one thing that it's the most important lesson that I think everybody should take from a class like this or thinking about freedom of speech is that once established is not forever, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. That is, First Amendment is alive, it moves, it, it, it expands, it sometimes it restricts in, in, in different areas, and we have to be constantly vigilant, right? Uh, that's why one of my favorite organizations is ACLU, because they keep their antennas out, and whenever <laughs> there's a case, somebody wants to prevent somebody to wear a T-shirt in school, <laughs> to say something online, to do this, they jump immediately and defend that, because uh, it requires our, our vigilance, and the only way we preserve our freedom of speech is by exercising it. By, by constantly speaking up and, and pushing against that. So especially now, because we have a situation where press seems to be under attack, right? Whether we call what they do fake news or the enemy of the people, right? That, that, that those are attacks against one of the most important institutions in the democracy. That, albeit sometimes makes mistakes, uh, nonetheless, it's a necessary component. So when I see those kinds of attacks, I'm really sort of, uh, recoiling a little bit, re- remembering my own childhood and seeing all these uh, dictatorial regimes that almost always start with taking over the means of mass communication. Yeah. So then we have to defend <laughs> our freedom of speech by exercising. We have to defend uh, our, our institutions that are essential to democracy and uh, especially the, the new trend where um, companies in the U.S. Uh, that want to do business in China and they say something, let's say, about Hong Kong. You know, st- we stand with the protesters in Hong Kong, and there's backlash. People lose their job or, or their discipline. That means that we virtually let uh, another country's <laughs> more restrictive speech code rule us. Now, there are private companies, and they can do whatever they want, but it's still troublesome for us to see that, uh, especially when you think about uh, 
our big studios. If our big studios make movies and think half of the time only think of us and then the other half on the bigger China market and they start curtailing and, 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 and uh, reducing or, or censoring what they say to make it acceptable for, uh, for a more restrictive market that feels like we are losing something. <laughs> we are losing our, our, our own freedom of speech. So it's that, that trend is troublesome a little bit for me and, uh, and the attacks on the press is a little bit troublesome. And that's why I think it's even more necessary to talk about it and more necessary to, to exercise our freedom of speech. No. Okay. Well, um, I just want to thank you for showing up for this. And um, yeah, if any of you guys are students at CSU Stanislaus and you have the opportunity to take freedom of speech, go ahead and take it. I highly encourage it because at the beginning of the semester, I can only speak for myself, but at the beginning of the semester, I went into it with very like minimal knowledge of the First Amendment coming out of it now it's a deeper understanding and it's extremely informational so yeah highly encouraged taking that well thank you and that's why i usually give like this uh, extra credit quiz at the beginning what do you know about and uh, first amendment and then i give the same in the end and that's actually my favorite thing to do in this entire world when I see people seeing their first quiz and, and what they, they are able to, to, to think and say about in terms of uh, being able to uh, recite the First Amendment, being able to uh, quote <laughs> uh, cases, being able right. to invoke concepts like yeah. uh, fighting words. It's so encouraging to me uh, to see that, and that's my favorite assignment. Uh, yeah, so whether I'm teaching it or not, you should take yeah, <laughs> or, yes. or get, yeah. get yourself. Take it, it's a good class. It's a really good class. class. Yeah. Slowly learning how to recite, you know. To recite the <laughs> whole thing, yeah. practicing it. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Throw it out there randomly, you know. We got so our flashcards. Yeah, I think <laughs> it is. It's something that everybody needs to kind of get involved. Get in involved. Know, you know, educate yourself on what it really is. Yeah. Instead of just yeah. a general concept of it. Civics classes are very few and far between these days, and you know, freedom of speech is kind of like a civics class. So it's, it's yes. good to have. very good class. So thank you again. Thank you for the thank invitation. You. Thank you, Dr. Harva. Right. Yeah. All right. think of that interview i mean that was that was I a long interview yeah it, it was, was really good honestly like he had a lot to say about everything like and going more in depth because he had he just gave that expertise type of opinion you know so yeah, yeah. it was really good no yeah it was definitely eye-opening and i really like how um he kind of tied in and um like really said what freedom of speech meant for him especially you know knowing where yeah coming from romania yeah and, and how it was, you know yeah. yeah so he has like a completely different appreciation for freedom of speech than we do you know yeah, um, yeah. i feel like we yeah we appreciate it but we take it for granted yeah and he, but for him coming like, from somewhere like that where it wasn't a right for him at first you know like and then coming here so yeah it's definitely a whole different perspective for him 
Yeah. You can see why he's passionate about teaching free speech. Yeah, he's right. super you know? passionate about it. Like, yeah. you go on and on, I think, all day. That 50-minute class <laughs> three <laughs> yeah. times a week is not enough. He yeah. needs it, like, hour, like, I don't know, whole two hours yeah. every day, Monday through Friday. Yeah. I mean, I think it helps every once in a while to consider what it's like to be living in a different situation than, than like, like you say, Lindsay, we, we take it take for it granted. For granted yeah. So I think it helps to get perspective sometimes. Like, man, what if I was living in, like, situation like Romania like with Dr. Horvath or if I was living in like I don't right. know some place where like free expression really isn't that like yeah a, they a don't given. have that yeah and I think that's just important to to always like I, keep I in mind. would not be able to picture myself living in a situation like that and being like sane like I would I feel like I would just be like like I would go crazy. <laughs> but I mean, like if you know? you're if you're born into it, you don't know any better, you know. So yeah, it's like you're not really given that other option unless I don't know, because like I feel like in China, if you're like born into that and you're not really, you're only fed like what the government is giving you. You don't really know what what it's like to have that freedom of expression. So it's not like you have something to compare it to, you know. Well, that's true. Unless you hear about it, which pr- obviously they probably do, but yeah. it's like, what is that like? I mean, there's always a culture shock, you know. Yeah, yeah. So we have more interviews. Oh yeah, that's true. We but do have more interviews. Lindsay Oof. actually went oh, yeah, out to DC. Oh yeah, we got to plug that in. All right, let's do that. Our girl Lindsay went out to DC. She was mingling with the politicians, you know. Yeah. yeah. Who'd you talk to? Rubbing elbows. I mean, what is it? Rubbing. I talked to shoulders? aspiring. <laughs> I talked to some aspiring journalists at a. Um, conference that I went to out in DC for um, student journalists and everything out there by the Associated Press and we had a whole bunch of keynote speakers and everything but I interviewed some of the students there who attended the conference so these were the interviews so we feel like there's kind of like an opinion behind it that like because of the platforms that we have like social media platforms a lot of people can say like what you know what they want just because they have that platform Um, what's your guys' opinion on that? I feel like there is a situation of understanding the difference between freedom of speech and hate speech. Like, there's a line there that sometimes gets crossed, and I feel like we need to kind of understand those rules and those guidelines of, like, what you can and cannot say when it comes to, like, putting someone down and kind of throwing them in, like, a place where they don't feel comfortable. You know what I mean? So... Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's how I feel about it. Um, I mean, our First Amendment rights for free speech are government punishments. Yeah. Speaking on social media, there are rules and regulations. You agree to yeah, terms and like conditions. Yeah, to, like, what you can say. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, people will complain that their free speech was taken away when they get banned from Twitter because they said something that broke the community guidelines. But what they're not understanding is Twitter's not a government. Twitter isn't something that can put you in jail because you said that you wanted to murder all people of a certain race or gender or religion like it's not that simple because realistically there's no first amendment argument when you're talking about private companies that you're utilizing as a platform for your voice they get final yeah. say because it's their product yeah that was good that was good um do you guys have anything else to add on it I think there's no. just a lot of lack of understanding on what the First Amendment really means. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot behind it. Like, two sides to it, and I'm kind of, like, in the middle. There's a side where, yeah, you can 
say anything you want because it's freedom of speech and you can follow and say anything that to your heart's content. Speak all the gibberish you want. Somebody's going to believe it. Mm-hmm. But there's also the side where it's like there are things people just shouldn't say out loud, things that can get you in a lot of trouble depending on what you say, like racism, sexism, like those kind of remarks. A lot of people probably have those but keep them to themselves. Instead of following the free speech that we have, they're smart enough to say we're not going to give out those opinions because of the fact that it can get us in a lot of trouble with the wrong people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even, like, off of the social media platforms, like, there are some people who still, like, they have, like, that right because they're protected by the First Amendment, you know, like, freedom of speech and stuff. So right. how do you feel about that? Social media is such a weird thing. If you look at it back, like, 20 years ago when it was, you still barely saw the internet and people were, like, still learning how it worked. People could say anything and now... You say anything on social media, even if you delete it, like a minute after posting it, it's screenshotted, it's saved somewhere. There, yeah. It's always going to be there. We said, mm-hmm. probably a lot of people in our generation have said dumb stuff when we were like 11, 12 on the internet. Yeah. That people can still go and find if they want to. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Do you have anything else you would like to add? Uh, like a closing or anything? Not that I can think of no? really now. Okay. Um, what was your name again? Ben. Oh, Ben. Duh. <laughs> yeah. Good thing. All right. time is backwards, so I don't even Thank know Thank you. So, yeah, um, I really like that interview that you had with that um, student who said um, basically how people don't really understand, like, yeah, the I fact like that, that it is, like, a private entity, like, all these, like, social media platforms. I think, like, she really just kind of, like... <laughs> got to like what we she were discussing yeah like yeah yeah, yeah there was bam no to the point and what she said I liked she went it. into yeah. it yeah at yeah. first <laughs> one of them like she was confused kind of with what i was saying so i had to explain it a little more you know yeah but um the other couple that like i um couple of students that i interviewed like they kind of got it but like also kind of agreed with us as well like on the social media terms like people shouldn't like have like the ability to say whatever they want online just because they have the platform they feel privileged to be able to say whatever they want right but there is an extent and also like we talked about it earlier like the corporate like limitations as well yeah for those entities not just the government limitations that yeah you should think about yeah i think it's just like a lot of people just maybe it's just because like we've pretty much grown up with like the freedom of speech it's more it's more like we think that we're entitled to it like constantly and we Mm -hmm. don't make that division between you know government and like private entities you know yeah yeah i think that's a thing like everybody agrees on which i think also like we were talking about like conservatives earlier like conservatives always like go to like we have the right to bear arms we have the right to bear arms you know like that's in like Mm -hmm. that's written you know and that's been established forever but it's like you don't there's you know times have changed you know yeah so that doesn't always apply yeah, like let's look at but the social round people feel entitled to that like the conservatives feel entitled to that one thing like we have the yeah. right to bear arms but in this day and age like that was made when there was war happening you know like you have to protect yourself yep. i mean yep. like i'm not saying like we should like ban all guns but there should be stricter limitations and the people don't believe that you know yeah, yeah. people conservatives don't remember. believe that when they invented, well, they came up with that amendment. They only had like muskets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They were slow. I don't. They think don't they have forever to load. Yeah. Like semi-automatic. Yeah, like exactly. I don't think they ever know, imagined yeah. that, that would happen. Yeah. 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 The one thing I don't like about the Second Amendment is that not a lot of people pay attention to the well-regulated militia part. Part and it's like, okay, guys, well-regulated militia means regulation 
that we make sure that these people who are receiving these yeah. guns or buying these guns are one of the most compatible and yeah mentally most, sane in most a way. stable individual um, exactly. condition ever because handling these kind of weapons can do a lot of military harm. style weapons yeah. i mean like there's always going to be the black market like uh, that's going to be pretty hard to regulate that's where these yeah. people get them from illegally but there's also cases where people do buy them legally and all that but yeah and one yeah. another thing i, I have I a mean, lot you of look debates. at the las vegas shooter yeah. you know oh, that, that was bad the las vegas shooter there's the one in gilroy the gilroy um, yeah. festival he went to nevada bought those legally and then yep. brought them to california yeah yep and there was just a shooting on sunday at fresno yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's ten said, people at a yeah. party got shot. Yeah, in the backyard. Yeah. They said it was targeted, though. It wasn't yeah, it random. was targeted. It was gang affiliated. Um, Santa Clarita school shooting. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And that's um, just like this past week. Oh wait, too. there was another shooting. Yeah. yeah. There was another shooting. I think this San Diego. morning. You know, this there was morning, one in San Diego. No, this one is in Oklahoma. It was okay. at a Walmart parking lot. Yeah, yeah. I it saw was like, a what? That's like five in the past week. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, there's probably more. Yeah. But th- like this one was um, domestic um, relationship one mm. where I'm not sure if I'm getting the information right, but it was between a couple and one. Between che- a couple? Yeah. One was cheating or one left the other um, for a new mate. Um, new mate. Yeah, basically, <laughs> uh, the girl went to another guy, and the ex got, Yeah, I'm presuming, super jealous. It's scary. People, uh, yeah, it's like... Very, it's just very dangerous as a woman, or it's dangerous as a woman and as an LGBTQ member in this kind of day age when it comes to weapons, um, because a lot of these people, and when I say people, it's not just, you know, conservative or just liberal, but it's mainly alt-right over the over the edge or sometimes just people who've been bullied you know have these kind of weapons in that yeah you know second amendment these well well regulated um by congress well congress already has but it's the senate that's not really doing anything this sounds like a topic for a possible following up podcast yeah Yeah. it does unpopular opinion regulating firearms All right, so you guys, so where do you guys, let's just go ahead and wrap this up for today because this is a long podcast. Yep. Um, to wrap it up, let's just discuss where do you guys see social media and um, freedom of speech going in the future? Like, how do you see them coexisting? Um, hopefully not like the, what do you call it earlier, the public utility? Yeah. Yeah, hopefully not like that, but coexisting um i don't know i feel like it won't change too much hopefully you know like there's not that many i don't know how to explain it someone else go i lost my words (laughs) 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 i lost my words i had it all in my head christian christian um in the future honestly i wasn't really thinking too long term but now that i'm thinking about it everything changes everything flows and everything dies off um five to ten years facebook can die off um and be a new social media um look at the app stores there's always new social medias um coming up and stuff like that however um the way that we're going if we're not breaking up any of these um, big social media companies and yeah. everything's going to stay the same um we're going to see the same crap all of our data being stolen from us 
um, by Google and Facebook. Um, I'm not Speak sure. on it. Yep. Yeah, I'm not sure of Twitter. <laughs> However, um, for change to happen, um, the people need to rise up again. We're the sleeping giants. However, because of the way that American capitalism has turned out to be, it's really honed down us to like work our ass off and be in debt a lot. So it's hard for us to, you know, rise up, go protest because we don't have the money and time. But yeah, yeah with social media, it won't change unless we want change. Yeah. yeah. I don't really see it changing. I feel like it's going to pretty much stay the same. You know, it's a private entity. People are just going to kind of keep it like that. Yeah, it's what makes money. That's you know? the separation of things. Yeah, you got. Yeah, do. it's what makes money. So I don't really see it changing. I mean, I don't really see people's, I mean, other people's like entitlement or thinking of like them being entitled to freedom of speech on, <laughs> on the social media platforms changing either, just because like lack of like, you know, educating themselves on what yes. it is. Yep. That's a big thing. I don't think I see that changing. Like, I think it's just going to continue. Like, I mean, the only that's thing just that's something that's going to be constant, you know? The only thing that's going to change is YouTube. But that's through, like, that's, yeah. that's like TV, FCC kind of stuff, regulation, yeah. which is sp- supposed to protect the kids, but still. Yeah. You know? Alan, yeah. where do you see it? I don't know. I mean, I think the Alana's case didn't really settle the question of, like, so how, like, if you, what does it mean to threaten someone online? Like, right. what, how, what counts as a true threat online versus, yeah. like, in real life? So yeah. I think what we're going to start seeing in the future is, like, more Supreme Court cases that deal with, like, social media and freedom of speech. Because the Alana's case didn't really answer anything. I think what it did is it created more questions right. that, like, yeah. lower courts now have to, like, figure out and decipher. So right. I think what's going to happen is we're going to see more cases go up to the Supreme Court going to be more defining of like how sp- speech is supposed to work on the internet it probably will just be like well it's the internet we can't regulate it but still it'll be interesting to see how that plays out in like the context of today's world and the so in social media yeah yeah you know when they made those decisions they made them back in like the 90s when when the internet was still new and yeah it at was, its infancy yeah and, but here we are now 20 years later and now we have to deal with like new stuff yeah, yeah. I, I mean the only issue is that people who are in the courts <clears throat> it's like basically a lifetime position mm-hmm. and so yeah. some of these people are super old like vampire old yeah exactly and so we don't talk about rbg like that <laughs> boomer old <laughs> boomer yeah. okay boomer okay boomer. so yeah that's that's actually one of the um issues that we're having right mm-hmm. now with social media is that boomers are not really understanding social media right and for us to like be able to regulate it even better is for these people boomers essentially to be more well informed what social media is and the causing effect of being bullied and stuff like that and so having case studies on these kind of courts will really help determine you know better um on decisions yeah okay does anybody else want to add anything on no no all right so with that that was our unpopular opinion podcast on freedom of speech on social media so I just want to say thank you for tuning in. Thank you to Dr. Horvat for making time and coming in and um, really going into detail with um, all the questions that we asked him and his answers. Um, 
Thank you to Christian. Yay. Yeah. Hey. You're welcome. You're welcome. Special Christian. guest appearance. Yeah. We didn't even know it was going to happen, you yeah. guys. Two guests on You here. guys might get another one next time. <laughs> Christian yep. again. Yep, if it's interesting. I'll like yeah, hit up yeah. Lindsay's Instagram. If uh, uh, if you again. guys <laughs> if you guys want Christian to come back, yep. you know, at Rose underscore eleven ninety seven, right? Yes. Okay. There Hit you me go. Up on Twitter. Okay. Hey, whatever. Twitter? You guys have to look at her Instagram profile for that. We're not we're not advertising that in here. <laughs> slide in the DMs. Slide into her DMs for sure. If you're looking for, if you're six feet and up, not if <laughs> yeah. If you're if you're six feet and up and into tall women. Hit up Lindsay. Also, oh, she's. Bro, I was uh, like, I'm not into tall women. What? <laughs> also, she's uh, half Latina. So if you're into that, that. Greg is about to hear this. If you're into Shout half out Greg, <laughs> if you're Greg. into half Latinas with colored eyes, light brown hair, hit her up. She's open for love. Right. Oh my! <laughs> no, but all, in all We're seriousness, gonna open up the phone lines right now. <laughs> Caller number one. No, but in all seriousness, like. <laughs> Seriously, thank you for tuning in. Uh, if this is your first time, thank you for giving us a chance. If this, if you're a returning listener, thank you for coming back. Hopefully you're following and, me. Okay, I was going to say, <laughs> hopefully you come back for our future podcasts. Um, also that too. Yeah. <laughs> Lindsay just really wants to follow. She's a, she's a thirsty hoe. <laughs> but, but thank Greg you. Greg is listening. Uh-huh. <laughs> you can always edit that I out. I can't take that back. Anyways. Uh-huh. <laughs> His kids are listening. Oh, sh- He's playing okay. this in the living room. <laughs> Damn. Loudspeakers. <laughs> Christmas party? <laughs> no, Thanksgiving party. Look at what yeah. my students made. Oh. Showing off. Hey, you follow- know what? We're practicing our... But I get the follows, though, so... <laughs> hey, at least no i'm just kidding so no but yeah seriously in all seriousness thank you for tuning in and hopefully you guys are enjoying the content that we're um making for you guys and we look forward to making more for you guys peace bye, peace, bye. bye.